There's no, there's no choice. There's no getting around it. You know, okay, I mean, so, you know, I, mean I, right. love, I love, I love hearing Quiggers and Jews and the rest talk about disarming white people, and I love white people scared to death and buying more and more guns, and I just see civil war just getting closer and closer and closer, and I love what I see. It is October 29th, 2018. Welcome to Paradox of Civility. This is Roy Koshi, your host. Um, the voice you just now heard was that of Pastor Martin Lindstead. Now, um, that was from an interview I was doing with him on my former show, The Hate Project, on December 24th, 2012, which was, of course, Christmas Eve of that year. Um, and those of you who've been listening to Paradox of Civility, you know that I am revisiting that online radio show I did, The Hate Project, and revisiting the conversations I had with actual uh, hate mongers, with actual white supremacists, members of white nationalist movements, and revisiting them to reflect on them under the current lens of the Trump era that we're currently living in. So, between October 21st and October 27th, 2018, America witnessed three acts of domestic terrorism. Two of those three acts actually resulted in casualties. Two of those three acts also were hate crimes. They were um, motivated by racial hate, religious hate. So let's just start from the beginning. The first act of terrorism was the MAGA bomber. Hashtag MAGA bomber. Um, Cesar Sayoc, a really enthusiastic, passionate Trump supporter mailed a bunch of pipe bombs to various prominent Democratic and various prominent uh, liberal figures in America, folks that were critical of President Trump. Uh, these folks, of course, included, uh, this is not a, I'm not going to go through the entire list, but uh, they included former President Barack Obama, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, uh, Maxine Waters, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Joe Biden, Robert De Niro, um, CNN, CNN, who Trump constantly calls fake news and the enemy of the people. These were unsuccessful attempts at bombing. Nobody got blown up. Nobody got hurt. Um, they were intercepted. They were uh, contained before anyone, before uh, anything could happen. Sayok, of course, uh, You'll probably see this on the internet. Uh, he had the Trump van in support of Trump and with targets of various uh, enemies on his van, uh, including the people I just named. And uh, somebody that should be mentioned that I think the first bomb went to George Soros. Now, George Soros is the 88-year-old Hungarian Holocaust survivor philan philanthropist. He is often... Uh, basically portrayed as this big boogeyman who's funding everything that the right wing hates. So 
He's behind the, the migrants' caravan that's coming up. He's behind all the protesters, all the, the women's march, and all the protests uh, against Donald Trump. Uh, he's apparently funding Black Lives Matter. He's accused of basically bankrolling everything that right-wingers, conservatives hate in America. So um, now it could also be seen, and many have spoken on this, that um, he's accused of being a globalist. Globalists, uh, that's a term from even the 30s that meant to signify Jews, that they control the banks, they control the world economy, and their agenda is to foster communist ideals or feminist ideals to undermine the, undermine, I mean, yeah, underman, under, that wasn't a mistake, that was a gift, underman, the, the straight white American male. Um, and so often George Soros is sort of basically portrayed as this boogeyman, often in order to stoke anti-Semitism and often to stoke conspiracy theories that seem to welcome either anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic personalities. Anyways, the amount of stuff that he's accused of funding, um, he's got to be going broke at this point. And I haven't, I've been at marches, by the way, haven't received a single paycheck. Didn't even communicate with anyone. No Soros accounting department, HR department, nothing. Soros is not just uh, referred to by fringe groups. I mean, he's referred to on Fox News all the time. I think even Trump has referred to him a few times saying Soros funded so-and-so. Things like that. So um, it's understandable. It's not understandable, but uh, you can connect the dots as to how this fellow... Caesar Sayoc um, deemed this person an enemy. Now let's talk about the hate crimes where there was actual violence, where people actually got killed. The first one took place in Jefferson Town, Kentucky, a little bit outside of Louisville, um, and it involves Gregory Bush, 51-year-old white male, who went to a Kroger and shot two black people, two grocery patrons. Uh, one of them was a grandfather who was shopping with his 12-year-old grandson. So his uh, he had to shield his grandson. His grandson turned out okay, but uh, his, his grandson also had to witness his grandfather being gunned down for no reason in front of him. And then uh, he shot another person, a black woman in the parking lot of Kroger. And then there was somebody named Ed Harrell, a white man, who actually happened to be carrying a revolver at that time, on that day. Um, when he crossed paths with Gregory Bush, Gregory Bush said to him, don't shoot, I won't shoot you, whites don't shoot whites. Um, now, it's been further revealed that uh, Gregory Bush has an ex-wife who is African-American, um, and he threatened his ex-wife, and he also punched a deputy sheriff during a family court hearing so again, a gunman had a history of domestic abuse before he carried out uh, acts of violence against strangers using a gun. It also must be noted that Gregory Bush, uh, before he went to Kroger, he was waiting outside and appeared to be trying to gain access into Jefferson Town First Baptist Church, which was, which is an African American historically African-American church with an African-American congregation. So it seems like he's trying to mirror the Dylan Roof massacre from South Carolina a few years ago. So while 
many of us are disgusted or horrified by a Dylan Roof-style massacre, um, there are a whole lot of people in this country. I hope they're the minority, but one person is too many. Um, one person is a whole lot of people is what I mean. Uh, there are folks here who look at that and they say, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm going to try that. Now let's talk about yesterday, what happened in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Um, Robert Bowers walked into the synagogue and killed 11 people with an AR-15 rifle. Uh, he also wounded a few police officers as well. The police took him in alive. Um, Robert Bowers uh, had a very uh, virulently anti-Semitic online presence, especially on Gab.ai. Gab.ai was AI, sorry, was the uh, basically platform for those who were too racist for Twitter and Facebook and other online social media or media platforms like YouTube. Um, he was actually verified on Gab.ai, and um, a lot of people, a lot of people on the right right now are doing this thing where they're saying that he was critical of Trump, so he couldn't have been a Trump supporter. No, basically, um, he just didn't think Trump was going far enough. He complained of Jews infesting the Trump administration. And really, at the end of the day, uh, Jews were not being exterminated fast enough for him. So um, he's still very much in the far right ecosystem that produced Trump, but just he was to the right of Trump. So don't be fooled. Ignore the right wing chodes who are trying to to spin it that way because it's just not true and this is a hate crime because he basically was shouting i just want to kill jews and he was shouting this basically uh he was shouting stuff about jews um while he was shooting people and this is the deadliest attack on jews in u.s history now robert bauer's uh final post on gab ai was h-i-a-s likes to bring invaders in that kill our people I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics, I'm going in. So even if Robert Bowers had renounced Trump, he's basically uh, using the same talking points that Trump has used. Uh, and Trump is using the same talking points that his uh, far-right nationalist uh, allies have used of migrants being invaders. And uh, H-I-A-S, of course, means the he Hebrew immigrant aid society they've been providing aid to refugees and asylum seekers since 1881 actually a very old organization and they've been a constant target of the far right not only uh, anti-semitic people and organizations but also extreme zionist organizations as well so yeah it's been a rough week uh we've seen a lot of homegrown right-wing terrorism and Yes, yeah, today is October 29th, 2018, when this podcast is being released. I have no idea what's happening while you are listening to this. I don't know what this week is bringing for us, um, or next week, or next month, or next year. I really don't know. But um, hey, you know what? Uh, November 6th is coming up. Please go out and vote. That's what I'm going to say to all of you. Go out and vote, because it's an important election. Um, and I want to speak on this, too. Um what you're about to hear is a long-form interview with Pastor Martin Lindstedt. Um, now, Lindstedt made an appearance in the previous episode of this podcast because he was on the previous episode of The Hate Project that I was reviewing. 
And um, he, Lindstedt, for those who didn't listen to that episode, he considers himself a pastor in the Christian identity movement. Christian identity uh, subscribes to this dual seed line theory that um, Eve actually had sex with the devil and created Jews. So Jews are the spawn of Satan. So the dual seed line. And so the other seed line is the good white people. Um, So um, I invited him on and then somebody else called in. And so um, he kind of gave me some grief about, you know, inviting him on and not giving him enough space to just be interviewed one-on-one. So I agreed to interview him one-on-one. And I agreed to do this on Christmas Eve of 2012. I happened to be visiting family at the time, so I waited till everyone was asleep, and I set up my laptop and um, did this special episode of The Hate Project. Now, um, Martin Lindstedt is clearly a wacko. Um, He's clearly a character. He's somebody that even today, most people would sort of look at and say, okay, well, he's not what we should worry about. He's so fringe that nobody, not even the conservative nationalist far right in our country would really associate with him or take him seriously. I get that. But I want, if you do listen to this interview, um, I want, uh, I would encourage anyone to hear the ideas that are being expressed, hear the talking points that are being expressed, and see if you can match those up with what you're hearing in today's mainstream rhetoric under the current administration that we live in right now. Now, obviously, um, I want to put this out there. I'm not saying Trump himself is responsible for these acts of terrorism from this past week all alone. I'm not saying that he's responsible. He didn't invent racism, just took advantage of it. Um, I'm not saying that it's going to end whenever he's gone away. Um, but I just want to, I hope this gives a glimpse of even this, if this is somebody on the fringes, these ideas, the things he's talking about, um, a lot of these ideas have made their way into the mainstream and one of the major political parties in this country, the GOP seems to be palling around with folks who express these same ideas, these same talking points. Uh, Martin Lindstedt talks about, you know, the need for a whites-only nation. Um, He says that uh, black people can't coexist with whites. He says that non-whites basically can't adapt to American cult, to Western culture, to American culture, to white culture. And a lot of uh, GOP uh, candidates and elected officials have been palling around with folks who have been saying these same exact things. Basically, they associate with groups like Act for America, uh, F-A-I-R, groups that are designated uh, basically hate groups by uh, the SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, and other uh, organizations that track these groups uh, because of their hateful rhetoric. Uh, These GOP politicians, I mean, people like Steve King actually do recite white nationalist talking points, but um, a lot of these GOP politicians basically... They just pal around with them and they don't disassociate themselves from them. But they don't have to actually state the hateful rhetoric themselves. Uh, There's enough plausible deniability there. Even though the plausible deniability is not that um, convincing anymore at this point. But, okay. Um, Also, I need to state this as well. So, Lindstedt um, had been 
accused of molesting his um, his grandson. Um, his grandson was developmentally disabled, apparently. So um, now Lindstedt, in my talk with him, he denies this vehemently. Um, and in fact, uh, he accuses the state of taking his children away from him. And uh, he weaves this whole story about coming up in the Christian identity movement and then also um, the state taking away his grandchildren and his children. And um, he basically uses all of this to justify basically encouraging hate, encouraging violence, and embracing a possible civil war. And really, like the comment, you the... the recorded little moment that you heard at the top of this episode um, loving the violence, the carnage that he's seeing. This uh, episode, of course, was recorded after the Sandy Hook shooting uh, in Connecticut at the school, at Sandy Hook School and um, at the beginning of this episode um, I rail about Wayne LaPierre. I say fuck him because he's trying to like, you know upon the backs of these dead children upon the backs of these grieving parents and family and um, citizens of Newtown, Connecticut. Um, he's basically saying, oh, you just needed more armed guards, and, you know, we, the NRA, we want to, uh, you know, he's basically trying to broker a deal, it felt like, with the U.S. government to get the NRA, NRA to be involved in providing uh, arms to people in schools to defend from school shootings. Um, and then, um, you know, Lindstedt, you know, much like Robert Bowers, he says, well, you know, I would just rather see schools destroyed. Um, so, um, and again, you know, with Robert Bowers, we're having the AR-15 gun control debate again. Um, and then Trump basically made that same argument that Wayne LaPierre did, that, like, if if there were more armed folks inside the synagogue, this maybe wouldn't have happened. And I quote, if you take a look at it, if they had protection inside, the results would have been far better. Um, yeah, so it's a vicious cycle. The same things just keep getting said. The same, uh, targets of hate remain hated. Uh, violence is visited upon the same people. And then those same people are blamed for being savages, for being violent. And then also, um, the reason I'm bringing up, like, uh, Martin Lindstedt deep diving into, um, you know, his sort of uh, trials involving his family is that I might have accidentally... No, not accidentally. I might have just given a pedophile who's also a white nationalist, a white supremacist, uh, for the... basically for a civil war, advocating for violence and bloodshed, um... I basically just gave this person maybe another platform. I gave them a microphone to amplify their voice. Um, in the interests of me trying to understand the sources and reasons of why he feels the way he feels. I don't think I changed him at all. I looked up some of his YouTube videos recently. I'm not going to link those because I don't want them to get any extra hits, but you're welcome to Google this guy if you want. Um, so I'm a little upset with myself. Um, and uh, while this is a fascinating, and I don't mean this in a good way, it's a fascinating interview, at least peeking into the mind of maybe like the most raw, hateful, hate mongers on the fringes. 
Um, you can see the spectrum from him to the mainstreaming of the alt-right and basically uh, fascist personalities and fascist movements, not only in America, but around the world right now. So, um, anyways, after this week, like, I understand if you don't want to listen to this one, if you want to give this one some time, I totally understand that. Uh, And if, um, in my experiments, I just sowed more hatred or I just unnecessarily gave a platform to uh, a Nazi pedophile, um, I apologize. Anyways, here's the episode. I'll be back at the end. Talk shoe. Recorded live. Live. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the Hate Project special, special Christmas Eve edition. Welcome to all of you who are out there right now. Um, we do have a guest on tonight, which I'm going to speak with him a little exclusively for the first part of the show, but I need to get through some stuff first. Um, so this is the Hate Project. Now, what is the Hate Project? It's a show about hate. It's a show exploring the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. Um, it could range for, from why do people hate each other based on race, based on gender, based on sexual orientation, based on anything. And Trash Can Man 72 has left our chat room here. Okay. Or it can be hate based on a personal level. You know, once we, had a, we, had one, we once had a show where somebody described their hatred for one of their step-parents, and it was a very compelling show. Um, you know, we just invite everyone to call in. You can call in anonymously or as yourself to express your honest feelings about uh, where you're coming from and what your hatreds are. We also do invite people of color, uh, members of the LGBTQ community, women to call in, uh, share their stories anonymously or their own feelings of bigotry and of which you are out there. So that is the hate project. All right. Um, our regular host is out tonight. I am the guest host. Uh, my name is Santa Klaus. Uh, Santa Klaus. I'm of Spanish and German descent. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm not the fat man in the suit. All right, my name is Santa Klaus. A lot of similarities. People get us confused because I also travel from home to home on Christmas Eve cleaning out chimneys. I'm a chimney sweep. So both of us go through the chimney and that fucker messes up more chimneys and makes my job so hard because I had to come in and sweep up the goddamn chimneys. You know? It really pisses me off. I'm the one who has to do all the work. Um, And you know, people see me coming down the chimney on Christmas Eve. Oh, Santa, Santa. Yeah, that's my name. Where are our presents? All right, that's the other Santa. I am Santa Klaus. Oh, it makes me so mad. It's a really stressful job, and I have to speak kind of softly because tonight I am going from chimney to chimney, uh, basically having to clean it out. It's it's a job that is thankless, and um, you know it, it's sort of offensive that people people leave me notes that say, "Dear Santa, here are the milk and cookies for you. Thank you for the gifts." And I think that chimney sweeping is a gift, guys. And so when I come down there and I see just crumbs there, it, it's like these people don't appreciate what I'm doing. They're trying to mock me. An empty milk glass and some crumbs. Thanks for the gifts, Santa Claus. 
Fucking fuck you, man. Fuck you. Okay, so we do have a guest on the show. Um, I do want to. I want to get to something else because basically, uh, brother Elijah, hang on one second, okay? I got to get to something else first. Hang on. I'm just gonna okay. mute you real quick, but don't don't leave. Okay, so we here on the Hate Project, we pride ourselves on on, on listening to other people, um, you know, and what they hate and stuff like that. Um, I just have to get this off my chest. I fucking hate Wayne LaPierre of the N. R.A. movement. I fucking hate him so much, and I'll tell you why. Now, I want to make this utterly clear. It's not a Second, it's not a second Amendment issue for me. Um, I am not conflating Wayne LaPierre or the NRA with gun owners. I have a lot of friends who are gun owners. I grew up in the South myself, so I, you know, I have not only some friends who are gun owners, I have people um, in my extended like in-laws who have guns, responsible people, good people. I know that they would never harm anybody. They either really do hunt or they collect. Okay, cool. Let me tell you why I fucking hate this idiot, Wayne LaPierre. I mean, there's, there's millions of reasons for it, but let me, let me get into this. Okay, during his little press conference, quote-unquote, where he didn't take any questions, which is not really a press, press conference, he blames everything else except for the guns. Blames, you know, the media, video games, and music. But here's what, like, really pisses me off. This guy, he says two things. He says, I call on Congress today to act immediately to appropriate whatever is necessary to put armed police officers in every single school in this nation. That's what he says. And then he says... He basically says that his organization would finance and develop a program called the National Model School Shield Program to work with schools to arm and train school guards, including retired police officers and volunteers. This motherfucker is brokering a deal with your tax dollars, with your fucking tax dollars, off the backs of these dead children. That's what he's fucking doing. He's trying to broker a fucking business deal while parents are burying their goddamn children. Fuck him. Fuck him. You know what? I hope he gives all of his children his dumbass, like, retarded fucking semen spawn guns. And I hope they are retarded. I hope he gives them all, like, fucking semi-automatics. And they're like, Daddy, Daddy, look at me. I'm like Sylvester Stallone and the Expendables. And they blow his fucking head off. And they blow that dumb bitch who married him. Is he even married? I don't even know. But fuck him. Fuck you, Wayne LaPierre. Frenchie. Yeah, Frenchie. Wayne LaPierre. You are full of mierda. I mean shit in French, you fucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, my God. And again, like, I, I, I'm, I'm really – these. he was brokering a fucking goddamn business deal with the government for your tax dollars on the backs of these dead goddamn children. We can debate the Second Amendment all you want. Like, I'm not even like somebody – I'm not even somebody who, like, fucking – when I say gun control, it means control. I'm not about, like, hey, man, let's just ban everything, man. I'm not even saying that, dude. Like, let's have a nuanced discussion about it. What is the best thing for us to do? You know what I mean? So, like – that, but, like, he's brokering this goddamn deal right in the middle of all this. As a side note, uh, the movies he mentions that are corrupting the youth are Natural Born Killers and American Psycho which I'm sure this 20-year-old kid, Adam Lanza, never even saw. Did, did he watch nat, – did natural, was Natural Born Killers even out before that guy was even – after he was born? Honestly? Honestly, man? 
Oh, you don't mention the Expendables. Oh, 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 because it has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis, uh, Republicans. All right, that's a violent film, a, a, a shitload of violence in that movie. Fucking cock goblin. Fuck you. Fuck you, Wayne, Wayne LaPierre. Okay, guys, so we have a guest on tonight. Uh, thank you for hanging tight. And uh, just to, just to uh, throw this out here, um, guest number seven, uh, you were asking, hey, Project Y, why are you such a nigger lover? Um, you know, I'd say I like them. I don't know that I love them. It's kind of, it's kind of how I felt about the film The Master after I saw it. I liked it. It was interesting. I thought about it a lot afterwards. I, don't, I can't say I loved it. Okay, there you go. Thanks for uh, basically like not even like connecting your dumb chat comments with my comments just now. That was awesome. Okay, so um, we have a guest on. Uh, he was on last week, and I promised to give him some time because last week's show devolved into chaos, and I did not expect that. So I uh, politely asked him to come back on the show, and I'm going to give him some exclusive time. So if you do call in anybody, I'm just going to have to mute you because I promised Pastor here um, – uh, that is Pastor Lindstedt. I promised him that I would give him uh, some exclusive time. And um, um, if he wants to take calls later on, that's fine. I'm going to leave it up to him, but maybe we'll just, uh, we'll just uh, talk for a little bit, all right? So uh, I'm going to unmute you. Pastor Lindstedt, are you there? Ah, uh, hello. Uh, this is Pastor Lindstedt. Uh, sir, thank you. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. Um, uh, I know... Can I can I go ahead and hang up and put it back on speakerphone? Uh, just let me go ahead and hang up, and I'll come back here in about oh a minute or so. Okay. Okay. All go right, for bye. it. Okay. Well, Pastor Linstead is calling back in. How was everybody's holiday going? Good. All right, so um, Soul Train Pride, the Don Cornelius of the clan, right? Do, 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 People all over the world, Soul Train. All right. Do you go, do you go to clan meetings, Soul Train Pride? You go there, dressed as Don Cornelius. All right, White Power. And now, Casey the Sunshine Band. That's the way uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. All right, here we go. All right, Pastor, you there? Oh, yes. Hail Victory. Okay. Uh, great. Thanks for sharing Victory here. Sure, that. Anyway, uh, you know, Joe and I went ahead and listened. For my guy, you don't much care for Wayne LaPierre. Uh, I'm not that crazy about him either. He's really just a lawyerly weasel, but mm-hmm. uh, what I've seen, what I've seen over the last week or so mm-hmm. on CNN, on CNN, especially MSNBC, is that you have plenty of racial hate by Negroes and uh, you know by Jews and the rest here, and you'll end up having, in some cases, Piers Morgan, uh, Piers Morgan, who was uh, essentially a crooked little weasel. Who was in on this uh, daily news uh, mm-hmm. spying case or something like that? And essentially, he's over. He's over in America. He's on CNN, and essentially, he will just go ahead and be rude. He'll be crude. He'll be just be, you know, he'll just be hateful 
to, say, Larry Pratt or whoever else is essentially making fun of them. But what, what Wayne LaPierre has said is that essentially what he wants people to do is pay money for armed guards or policemen to guard all these schools. Yeah, tax dollars. He don't, he don't dare... He don't dare essentially say what you know people like myself would you know would have is that we just as soon shut down these public schools. Uh, if it was education or something like that, uh, maximum maybe three years of of taxpayer sponsored you know education, essentially just be about reading, writing, and arithmetic. I mean, all the other stuff as to whether or not you believe in evolution or sex education or sports or whatever would pretty well be done away with. And you'd only have, essentially, you'd only have them paying for about maybe three, maybe four years of education. And it could go ahead and be with public, you know, private vouchers. It could be with private schooling. It could be with homeschooling, what have you. And essentially, that would do away with uh, pretty well the teach, you know, the public teachers union and a number of other things here. Uh, folks, the real reason, and some of the truth has come out on like MSNBC, is you had some, you know, you had some she-boon going ahead and saying the reason that whites want to have guns is they're scared of Negroes and beaners, you know, coming and, you know, coming to kill them or do whatever. And that's exactly the reason it's just that, unlike myself, most, you know, I call them Wiggers. You know, I, I think there's about 120 million of them left here. Most Wiggers, uh, they're scared to go ahead and say, you know, they think about race all the time. They're scared to death of niggers and beaners and gooks and all these other, you know, and Jews. And essentially, you know, that is the reason. They're Essentially, they're preparing for a zombie Wigger and nigger and beaner apocalypse. And essentially, uh, when, when all these niggers and beaners and stupid Wiggers and Jews are trying to devour their superior Aryan brain, they want a big bore rifle with lots and lots and lots of ammunition to go ahead and shoot them all down and double tap them or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the reason why these zombie pictures are so popular. But, uh, you, know, you know, pretty much, pretty much, you know, I, I take it that you live in, you know, New York or Boston or somewhere in the northwest or northeast. And essentially, I live in places like southwest Missouri, and there's a totally, there's a totally different viewpoint. And so like, let, me, let me ask you something. Why do, why, sure. do you assume, why do you assume that I live in the northeast? I do. Well, I sorry. I, I pretty well asked you last week before. Uh, well, essentially the chaos got started. Right. Uh, you unmuted this guy from Delaware, and he was oh, he was with one of the NSM type Nazi groups, and pretty much uh, he, you know, I mean, I guess his his belief was he's going to go ahead and save the white race by oh, putting a whole bunch of litter. You know, we call it literature. You know, just to you know, putting literature in nigger neighborhoods and then running like crazy, and he's going to go ahead and somehow save the white race by that, which is, well, nonsense, of course. And then you ended up having a fake, oh, he was a Nimbus. You, you, the, reason your, the reason your chat room got nutty is that the Nimbusters got, you know, they went ahead and read my forum, and yeah. they... They got they got on you know they got on your so you end up getting you end up getting yeah but you were, you were buddies with that guy right 
Well, no, this George Sakai, you're not really buddies with Nimbusters. Uh, you know, and I always used to wonder what a Nimbuster was. Uh, it started out as an anti-racist board. Mm-hmm. Uh, about ten years ago, uh, this, you know, this, uh, oh, this, uh, you know, middle-aged wigger was supposed to do some uh, internet work for the National Independence Movement, which was some sort of states' rights uh, organization, state secessionist organization. And the guy didn't pay him, so he got all mad and became a NIM buster. And initially, NIM buster was sort of like 4chan and F2 and all these other anti-racist uh, boards. And then you had, well, a reaction to that. And generally... Generally, if you go over to Nimbusters, you'll have a whole bunch of shemale and tranny, you know, tranny and homosexual porn, of course. Uh-huh. And you'll also have you'll, you'll just also have all these characters saying Marty Chomo, and you end up having you had Jeremy Visser and you had Obergender Bender, and Jeremy Visser is a quote Melungeon, which is a tri. Oh, you explained that last week. Yeah, listen, man, you explained that last week. He's a bit of nigger. He's a bit of, you know, he looks mainly like a red nigger, but he's uh, got a good deal of Jew in him, too. And essentially, he's pretending to be Christian identity. And, okay, so, um, okay, look, you, you explained that all last week, man. We don't okay. need to recount all that stuff, all right? All right. Um, but, so, first of all, like, let me, can I, uh, <laughs> I'm on your mailing list. Uh, we here at the Hate Project, um, we're on your mailing list here. And you reviewed uh, the show from last week. Do you mind if I read the review? Sure, go ahead. It made us laugh. Okay. Okay. So this is your review of your appearance on The Hate Project last week. You said, Monday night, I had some hyperwigger from Jew Yawk try to ask me some questions as to the origins of hate. Um, Hyperwigger, like, just sounds like a bear. Like a a bear wigger. Well, people... People have asked me the origin of a uh, hibernigger, and essentially it's short for Hibernian nigger. Uh, but Hibernian? Hibernigger is one of the uh, words coined by my friend, Pastor John Britton. He's uh, English, and of course he does not like the Irish. He does not think they're human. Uh, but, you know, he, uh, he coined the term hibernigger. Now, I'm, I'm mainly Swedish. And generally, my hatred is uh, what I call Balkanoids or Polacks or Slavs or what have you. And essentially, most of the Swedes did not have any contact with the Irish. But my friend, uh, he coined the term hibernigger, so I decided to go ahead, in your case, assume you were white and call you a hibernigger. But go on. Okay, so then you said, I explained about the origins of dual seedling Christian identity for about 20 minutes and how Genesis 3.15 is the only one of Yahweh's laws obeyed by Jews and Uyghurs versus whites, Adamite Israelites. Then this tard, meaning me, lost control of its show by putting on some Uyghur or Anglo-Mestizo atheistic pre-tard from Delaware that thought it was a nutsy. And um, guys, I mean, this is like reading like a really racist William S. Burroughs, this guy's fucking emails audience. The Nazi believes in running around in the dark of night, pushing some literature in nigger boarhoods. What that accomplishes, except as a masturbatory exercise, was never explained. Then Kennewick Man, a wigger nimtard that likes to impersonate a gay japper named George Takai, a.k.a. Mr. Sulu, come on the air. And you spelled come, C-U-M, as in like he jizzed jizzed on the radio. Okay, cool. 
Go on. And pretend to be a gay japper, log cabin warlord aligned in a sag, sans frag Cisco axis of awful. Then the Melugeon, Cherokee, Black, Dutch, Chief, Running Lion, Red, Pisser, Possum, Jeremy, Visser, Come, Come On, and yapped about how Pope Marty was gonna, going ass to mouth with Nancer Faggots. While its own Mapser Kike Faggot, OB Gender Bender, Pissers, Poofter, Possum, was raving in the chat. Um, I don't want to read this whole thing. Um, and then, um, let's see. But the, by then, nearly two and a half hours had gone by. The Hyberwigger from Jew York was tired from all the Nimbuster and Pisser Possum's incursions to its former unvisited site, and its brain was shot, and so, so the show ended. Um, so what, what is it like to, to talk to, like, a subhuman? How does that feel? Well, it's just, you'll end up having characters. You know, uh, like Trader Glenn Miller. Bill, or the singer? Slender. You know, hot Trader, well, his, his, name, his name is Glenn Miller. The Trader singer. Glenn Miller. But I call him Trader Glenn Miller. He uh, essentially took uh, a bunch of money from the order, and then he got caught, and uh, essentially went ahead and turned snitch here. So he's known as Trader Glenn Miller. See, this particular show, The Movement Turd, is about what is going on in what I call the white nationalist and Christian identity movement here. And usually I refer to it as a bowel movement. You know what a bowel movement produces, right? It produces a turd. Shit, yeah. So essentially what happens is that The Movement Turd is about someone who has been in the movement since after Waco, uh, you know, formed a number of militias, and essentially by this time, I pretty well come to the very top of the, uh, at least the Christian identity, uh, you know, the Christian identity portion of the white nationalist movement. And I've met Alex Linder, I've I've uh, met Trader Glenn Miller, I've met a number of people, I've worked with a number of people, and so what this show that I do is about is about telling what is going on in the bowel movement, be it Christian identity, be it white nationalist, be it whatever. So, so you are not you are not a, you are not a member of this movement anymore. It sounds like. No, I am a member of the movement. Uh, you know, pretty well. I'm, you know, I'm a long-term leading member of the movement, and pretty well what I tell people to do if they want to save themselves from great tribulation, I tell them to pretty well stay out of the, of the movement. Uh, okay. So you're, you're, hard. so you are, so because you feel like the movement's not like really producing anything or well, like, what? nothing but idiots being sent to prison in most cases. Okay. Uh, you know, pretty well you have a number, you have a number of understandings. You have the Christian identity people and, for all practical purposes, most of the above-ground Christian identity are nothing but Jews like Eli James and William Fink and you know, Mamzer Jews like uh, Jeremy Visser and Dan Johns and uh, Obi Genderbender. Uh, and you have all these you know, characters pretend to be white who are not white. And then within uh-huh. the white nationalist movement, you have a character like Alex Linder, who's fairly well-known for running VNN, but he is a sick little Jew boy who has a uh, Crohn's disease, or as I call it, so, Jew acid. How, how did this happen? Can I can I just ask you something? I mean, sure. how did how did it happen that your movement got overrun with Jews, and like what what well, motivated the Jews to, to join you, to join you your got, movement? Okay, you gotta understand. 
you know, I almost have it as a law, Linstead's law of white nationalism, is that anything new starts up, you have about maybe six months, you know, maybe a year before it gets infiltrated. It was the same way with the uh, militia movement. Uh, pretty well, uh, you have this character called, uh, I call him Red Mike Vanderbilt. I call him Red Mike Vanderkike. Uh, you had, you know, you had in the days after Waco, you had a whole bunch of, you had a whole bunch of, uh, quote, racist militias. And here in Missouri, you had about a dozen of them or so. And they had less than a dozen white, you know, white people who were either friends or relatives. And about every single one of them was, was officered and cadreed by, uh, well, Klansmen and Christian identity. Uh, with our particular belief. In fact, better than half the clans nowadays are Christian identity of one sort or another. Right. And uh, in any case, here you had, within about six months of Waco, you have all these, you have all these, what I call suburban Wiggers. Now, and the term Wigger means white nigger, and we're not talking about the character who loves Bob Marley. We're talking about your average, you know, well, you know, white you know, so-called white or Anglo-Mestizo, you know, tax-paying, zoggling herd animal. And so, like, even, even like, white people, like, so it's not, you're not even talking about, like, white people who are trying to be black. You're talking about just we're white people who aren't racist. We're talking about all the whites. We're talking about all the herd animals. You know what I mean? The white, so basically, like, the white people who are not racist. Yeah. Okay. So, can I ask you, I, I just want to take sure. us back to, like, the movement here. Why are you still like if if you feel like the movement's not going your way, you're a leader in it. Why don't you Why don't you do something about it? Like why don't you well, Why don't you steer I, it properly? I'm doing something about it. You see, you'll have people like Don Black. I don't know if you've heard of Stormfront or not. David, Duke. I have. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Okay, you've heard you've heard of these people here. Essentially, they're just liars and criminals and what I call Zog agent provocateurs, aka Zogbots. And essentially, their job is to essentially collect money, go ahead and collect money, and essentially lead all these Uyghurs who are scared of, you know, how Zog Babylon is falling. It's, it's falling into collapse here. It's heading, at least as I believe, to the Great Tribulation, or if you want to call it Civil War II or whatever. They lead these people around in circles. And some of these people, like Hal Ferner and Trader Glenn Miller, they actually took money, they took money, and then they betrayed people. And pretty well, uh, the latest thing now is what you call racial nationalism or racial ethnostates, to where you have all these intellectuals talk about how through, the latest thing over the last couple months, you know, last month or since the election, was essentially secession. Secession to form, say, Neil Dixie or Harold Covington's Northwest, you know, ter- imperative or what have you. And Harold Covington has the most successful one because he's been working for, what, a dozen years. But according to my rights, there's not going to be any successful, there's not going to be any successful revolution against Zog Babylon the third and final. See, to, to someone like myself, this has been going on, you know, depending on Septuagint dating for 7,500 years or the Masoretic text, you know, King James mm-hmm. Version for 6,000 years, is that there's a war between the spawn of Satan, who are the Jews, and 
you know, the the true Adamic Israelite white race. Right. And essentially what I've what I've been advocating for the last four years is what I call my ten thousand warlords project. I mean we're not going to have a you know, a even a regional or a statewide cessation movement or anything like that. I'm just pretty well saying is that the Great Tribulation is going to happen, and at the end of that, there will probably be left only about 10 million, you know, ex-Wiggers, you know, who will, who will be white, who will be thoroughly racist, and essentially you use this Great Tribulation to exterminate about 170, 180 million months and 120 million Wiggers and about 6 or 7 million Jews, and at the very end of it, just before Christ comes back, and for those who don't believe in Christian identity, I'm just simply saying is that, you know, I'm pretty well, you know, advocating that nobody gets on the radar screen. And essentially what you have is that you have essentially the total collapse of Zod Babylon and the breakup of the current, of this current, you know, mighty evil Zod Babylon, into right. about 10,000 10, states ruled by 10,000 warlords with about 10 million people left here. Uh, okay, so, um, all right, so, and so you are just, you care about the 10 million, and that's what you're trying to organize. Well, the 10,000, and essentially what I'm, what I'm doing is... So, I'm so you, you are looking to be a warlord. Well, I, I pretty well consider myself the chief warlord here. Uh, so, so can I ask you another question? And and don't answer anything that you don't need to answer. But like, I mean, are you like? It sounds like you want a violent revolution. Is that correct? Oh yes. But you. I, and so, I, do, I do. I do my best. I mean, I don't want. I don't want peace. I keep on. I keep on telling people, if if essentially, you know, one of you, one of you. If you're one of the ten million, just knock off a few zeros. If you're one, if you're one white man, can you keep track of twelve Uyghurs, seventeen or eighteen muds, and a Jew or two? And the answer is no. But if they're dead, you don't have to worry about them anymore, do you? So pretty well, so, the the purpose of my show is to tell people to stop, to stop participating to where they can find you to where they can detect you, and for essentially everyone to go underground and prepare for this apocalypse. And when, so it like, occurs, when it occurs, essentially let the Great Tribulation do most of the heavy killing and the rest. So, so essentially I'm talking about you know, scattering, scattering absolutely what, you know, what talent and what leadership ability to where don't worry about saving this country. Worry about essentially making sure that you and your family are safe, your friends are safe, and essentially letting the Great Tribulation destroy the rest of this, you know, this mighty evil empire. And the Great Tribulation, you're saying, is this war, basically. Yeah. The, the, uh, I don't know if you read the. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the Book of Revelations. I have. Uh, yeah, I read when I was a kid. Okay, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, pretty much a lot of time I make fun of, uh, you know, of these Jews who are, who have gotten in, uh, you know, you probably don't understand about preterism or anything like that, and, you know, generally, generally the purpose of my particular show 
is to get the talent, you know, the revolutionary talent, the, 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 the people who are able, the white people who are able to go ahead and plan ahead, the people who are able to go ahead and save their family and their friends, the ones who are the natural leaders, to essentially understand that the current order is doomed. And okay. to to not go ahead and you know, not to waste your time being murdered in prison or put in jail or whatever, to understand that you shouldn't you shouldn't devote an iota of effort for a peaceful solution. There's not gonna be a peaceful solution. So essentially, you know, I'm I'm pretty well about as right wing or I'm probably you know, you're you're probably talking to what well, you might think the biggest maniac uh, in the entire movement, I guess you would. Yeah, you you make that. you make Dick Cheney look like a hippie. Yeah. Um you make David Duke look like fucking uh, Noam Chomsky over here, dude. Um, yeah. Let me. I just want to back up with. with I want to come back to what you're talking about, but I want to just sort of back up. So you, and without giving like too much detail, I don't need your address, but you last week mentioned that you were based in Granby, Missouri, correct? It's in Southwest. It's. In southwest Missouri. Southwest Missouri, uh, okay. That's all I need. I don't need to know your address. Okay, well, um, everybody else does. I mean, the Den Busters put it in, and during the last couple of weeks, they've taken a February 2008 Google picture you know, of it. So, okay. uh, you, you know, I mean, uh, then I was you, great. I mean, do you get, do you get, everyone you get, knows. You get, do you get harassed at home by them or anything? Or? Not really. Uh, Let's see, the last time I got harassed was this by this bitch, Donna Fullerton, who wanted uh, wanted to give me a hard time for these old for these old stone houses that I'd, you know that I bought here that were falling in, and essentially I threatened to sue the bitch here and you know her little meerkats and the rest of them, and yeah. essentially I've you know I've had about ten federal lawsuits, and generally I lose every one, but I I make a I cost them I, I literally cost. I mean, it's not just a lawsuit. I go ahead and I put their names, I put their faces, I put everything on. You know, I mean, essentially, you know, you know, some pig causing me trouble. I mean, essentially, the pig is looking over his shoulder for the rest of his life, and he has to, he has to essentially go through having his his name, his entire family just drugged through the shit here, and he's you know he's scared that come the great tribulation, somebody's going to go ahead and take his head and his pelt here, so. Pretty well, I just simply told the bitch that if she fucked with me, I was going to fuck with her back. And essentially, uh, the rest of them all backed off here. I, I told the bitch I wouldn't always sue her. I'd go ahead and sue for conspiracy, and it'd go ahead and last for three or four. These lawsuits last for three or four years. Right. And eventually, they get, you know, they get dismissed, but it ends up costing thousands, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars here. It, it costs uh, who thousands and thousands of dollars? Who's that, who's that cost? Well, for example, my first lawsuit was against the, uh, was against Missouri Southern State College and, uh, you know, the city of Joplin for a false arrest because they got all mad because I made fun of this uh, FBI profiling pig at Missouri Southern State College. My last lawsuit, which I lost, was against you know, Barack Hussein Obongo, the state of Missouri, and Newton County for essentially, well, essentially for civil rights violations and election lawsuit violations. For so example, I, have, I have a question for you. I mean, sure. I, I don't want to, you know, because like we, we have a limited amount of time here. 
Mm-hmm. You were you were talking about like the public school system bleeding our economy and bleeding like state funds and stuff like that. But you're bragging about doing that as an individual. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you, you, somebody might say there's hypocrisy. The the understanding is that the school system is just nothing more than just a wigger factory. It's just for well, the they, creation of of wiggers. I mean, they I could say the same thing about you, dude. Mm-hmm. So what? They, they could say they could say this. They wouldn't call you a wigger factory, but they could say the same thing about you as an individual. Well, they, like they, they, they can. I mean, you know, you, you got to understand is that my job is to help ratchet up the hate, so that essentially there is no there is no solution other than civil war. But you're so like why so then like why are you against public education because you're bleeding the system? Well, the the, the you know for example here I mean. You know, one of the reasons I hate is that essentially they, you know, they went ahead and stole my grandchildren, the locals around here, but it went all the way up to the federal government. They stole my grandchildren, and they, you know, essentially they claimed that my little retarded grandson claimed that I kissed his, you know, penis and buttocks. And after a year and a half, here I am trying to sit the judge, trying to get the kids back. They, they arrest me for statutory sodomy. And because I insist upon defending myself and facing my accuser, i.e. my retarded grandson, they try to force me to accept a public defender. And I will, I show nothing but contempt for this particular judge. And so as a result, since now the public defender's office is starting, well, you can't force, you can't force us to represent this asshole, especially since he has money and B, he wants to represent himself. He can't force to do it, so he, so he illegally set me up to the nut house. And then for two and a half years, I was doped up. I had four of my teeth knocked out by a Newton County pig while I shackled. Right. And essentially, uh, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you the sort of things which happened in this nut house. Here you, t- here have you, the, you have these idiots talking about the mental health thing. Yes, they are screwed up people. In the uh, in the uh, in these in these psychiatric, essentially hospitals slash prisons. Okay, but so um, there's, there's people like me who simply are sent there in order to soften us up because we won't, you know, sub- you know we won't be subject to being railroaded. You have criminals. You, you have all sorts in a nut house, and some of oh. them are totally screwed up. And you know, I, I could probably write a book and probably have you know take. A number of places. But folks, I, you know, I mean, I've had my family destroyed. I've had my teeth knocked out. I've been doped up and tortured. And essentially the same damn thing that we, when I was a kid, used to bitch about the Soviet Union d- doing has been done to me. And as a result, okay. I, I don't want any peace. I want, I essentially want every lawyer, every pig, all these public school teachers who are out to destroy the white race, I want them to die, and I want their children to die. And I want them to scream. I want them to scream when you send them to hell. So, so uh, no, I mean, this, this, you know, can I, can I just sort of yeah. – yeah, I mean, sorry, man. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Um, well, I, 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 think, just, I, think, I think you got an overload of hate for your project here in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, well, hang on a second. I just I, I sure. forget about that. I I told you I'd give you your time, so I'm going to do that. Sure. Um, I mean, it sounds like you went through a shit. I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist, and this is some armchair psychology, and I'm just throwing this out there. 
it seems like you went through a shitload of pain and like you got no justice from it and there's nobody there that like you can sort of like hold accountable and now you want the world to kind of burn. Am I wrong well, about that? Am I am I away off on that one? You you're you're absolutely you know, that's 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 a short that's a short uh explanation of it. I mean I still Oh, I talked to, in the last two days, I've talked to three of my friends who I met at the nuthouse. Uh, one, one, he's totally nuts. He went ahead and killed his daddy with a claw hammer. You know, another one, uh, essentially, was a criminal who stole a pig's car and then tried to run the pig over with his own pigmobile, and he essentially pretended to be insane in order to avoid 25 years of hard right. time, and he worked his way on getting out. And then the third one is... Oh, he's, an, he's a mestizo Anglo who uh, was essentially the exact opposite of the coin. He was accused of, you know, of uh, statutory sodomy. I think he was innocent, but he is, you know, he admits that he is nuts, and essentially they forced him to be his own lawyer while they put the thumb on the scale. And, uh, you know, folks, I used to, you know, I mean... You know, there, there's a there's a famous case in 1975 called Drope versus Missouri, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was about this guy who was nuts. He you know shot himself in the liver. He supposedly helped rape his wife, and essentially you know they had these particular laws on the books here. But essentially, you go up there, you go up and you get sent to a nuthouse. It's complete lawlessness. It's complete chaos. Right. I, I had I had a number of these people. They went ahead and admitted, "Well, I, you know, I'm going to go you, but you could you could go back to you could go back to jail anytime you want to, just by going ahead and just by going ahead and rolling over and pretend you're going to be nice." And no, I'm not going to be nice. I mean, I should, you know, unlike unlike David Duke, unlike you know Edgar Steele, you know, I think is innocent. Matt Hill or something, you know, Bill White. I'm I'm not in prison because I showed nothing but contempt and hatred for the system, for the courts. I mean, you know, I, I just pretty well said, I mean, you know, people you can leave whatever you want here. I want you to go ahead and skin out six hundred and sixty six pelts, you know, of these prosecutors, of these judges, of these lawyers. I, I talked about how to use biological warfare uh, against, uh, you know, called prion poisoning uh, against deers. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Stephen J. Cadell uh, wrote a wrote a story about old Christian identity maniacs who want to go ahead and prion poison. It was called the Devil's Workshop in 1999. I think he based it on me. So, so I showed up. What, what is that? What, it's called the Devil's Workshop, and it was what? It was a book but, or something? Yeah, you know, it was. Stephen Jake, now you've heard of the A Team, haven't you? You know he was course, a screenwriter yeah. who did who went ahead and wrote that. Well, he was also a novelist here, and he wrote a book called uh, The Devil's Workshop. And okay. I read it at the Nut House, and I was reading about. You think it was about the, you? Well, it was pretty well based on me because uh, back in 1996, I talked about prion poisoning, and essentially what it boils down to is you take the you go ahead and you go out in the spring in uh, Wisconsin or Colorado, and you pick up these deer, you pick up these deer which have died of chronic wasting disease, go ahead and feed it to deer in new areas, and you go ahead and you, you spread, you spread, essentially spread these prions, which will essentially, 
well, essentially blow up the brains of, uh, you know, of a, of a percentage of the population here. Uh, it's the same as mad cow disease in cows. It's called new, it's called new variant Jacob Kreutzfeldt. Well, I, I used to go ahead and say that and, uh, back in 1996, 1997, and essentially I was an open dual seat line Christian identity uh, non-mister by that, and I was writing it up on my webpage, and I was a... I was pretty well in the militia movement. I was writing a militia webpage. And I imagine, you know, here is here is Stephen J. Cannell, and, he, and part of it is a, you know, the government is conducting biological warfare you know, experiments. And one of the ones is using prions. So they see some evil Army generals and Army, you know, Navy admirals and uh, essentially a mad scientist. But you have... You know, you have uh, you have a uh, drunken uh, you have a drunk you, know, you have a hero who's a drunken ex special forces agent. But one of the villains was Colonel Fanyan Kincaid, and what he was is that he was a Christian identity minister who was essentially getting an army of racist hobos <laughs> to uh, essentially you know grab these pale horse prions and use them to go ahead and kill all the niggers and Jews in Detroit. And I went ahead and read that book. I said, I wonder. You know, I, I didn't know anybody. You know, I mean, you know, I, I knew that he'd probably come. I, I knew that Stephen J. Cannell had probably come across my web page. And, you know, essentially, I think that's where he got the idea for that particular book. And, you know, let's read okay. that now. Oh, right, that's right, hilarious. Right. But, in okay, any okay. case. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, yeah. cool. Um, sorry, i got to rein you in a little bit. You tend to, you tend to rant Ramble. a little bit. Yeah, yeah okay. um, it's fine. But like, I, w- I want to just sort of start at the beginning here. Um, like, so did you grow up in Southwest Missouri? Is that where you grew up? No, I actually grew up in uh, Central South Dakota. You know, Central uh, South Dakota. my 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 father's parents uh, lived in Hughes County, which the county seat is Pierce, South Dakota, and the state capital also was Pierce, South Dakota, and. Most people call it Pierre, but it's pronounced Pierre. And pretty well, my mother's, my mother's, uh, you know, my mother's uh, parents, uh, they were Swedes as well, and they lived, they lived uh, across in the West River District in, uh, well, Fort Pierre and Stanley County. And so essentially I was raised in, uh, in central South Dakota. And one thing you've got to understand about white South Dakotans is they hate Indians. They really hate Indians. You mean Native uh, Americans or Indians from India? Well, how many Indians from India do you think are in South Dakota? Well, I don't know, man. Well, there's none. I mean, hell, the very first nigger I've ever seen in South Dakota was in 2001, and he was up visiting Pier. He got off the. He got. He was going to Portland, Oregon, and he decided to drive up 60 miles to see the state capital of Pier. He got off the interstate. I mean, I seen my very first nigger in South Dakota in uh, 2001. Uh, can I ask how old you are? And how how old are you approximately? I'm going to be well. Heck, in, in an hour and ten minutes, I'm going to be 55. I was born on Christmas Day in 1957. Mm-hmm. You were born on Christmas Day, just like Jesus Christ. Is that well, right? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ wasn't born on Christmas Day. Nimrod was born on Christmas Day. Who was? Nimrod. Who's Nimrod? Well, okay, well, we're getting back to the Bible. Oh, uh, he, was the, he was the founder. 
he was the founder, they say, of really, you know, Babylon, but he was actually the founder of the second Babylon. Uh, he was, uh, well, let's see. I, I think I told you, Dual Seed Vine, Christian Day, you believe. Yeah, yeah, you told me about that. Local. Well, generally, uh, one, of the, one of the traditions in, you know, Dual Seed Vine, Christian Day is the first song Babylon was in Noah where these Adamites lived in the Terum Basin. And essentially, they miscegenated with gooks and also with, uh, you know, with demons here, these watchers. and Demons? And what have you, huh? You say demons? Demons, yes, here. Okay. What happens is that Cain, you know, Cain was also known as Sargon the Great. And he he pretty well took over the Sumerian civilization and, you know, under attack here. You know, to go ahead and call them the sons of the key is essentially a saying that they're the sons of Satan. See, Cain was the very first Jew. He was the spawn of Satan through his subjection, you know, her subjection of Eve. Well, like, you know, during, you know, during when this 450-foot-long barge is floating in a big old mass puddle here, about 600 miles long and 300 miles wide, you know, which was the former Terran Basin, uh, so, uh, you had, uh, you had uh, Shem, you know, you had Noah and he has three sons, Japheth, the oldest, Shem, the middle son, and Ham. And, Shem? Uh, Shem. Sorry, that's I, I, that's I thought that was one of the three students, I'm sorry. That, that's the basis <laughs> for you know, the, quote, Semites. You know, they're really okay. called Shemites, but essentially Shem was the, was, the middle, was the middle son. The youngest was Ham. And uh, from what I gather, Ham... You know, you know, Ham went ahead, and Ham was a total Uyghur. Uh According to some traditions, nobody was supposed to have sex aboard the ark, but three creatures had sex aboard the ark. Uh, the dog, okay. the raven, and Ham. And he somehow found him a nigger, supposedly he was screwing her, and she gave birth to Cush, and Cush gave birth to Nimrod, and Nimrod was a mighty hunter who formed Babylon. And the reason he was a mighty hunter is that you had these garments, the garments of Adam and Eve. You, I don't know if you've heard of the Spear of Destiny. Well, the real, the real talismans of power were these garments that Yahweh had made out of the skins of all the beasts of the field. And so, so people believe that you know that that you know Nimrod, you know Ham went ahead and stole the garments. You know, from his father Noah, had been gone from Adam to Noah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Ham went ahead and stole. And Ham also went ahead married a married a Jewess, and her name was Naama, and she was Tubal Cain's sister. And uh, in any case, in any case, so here's old Ham. He's he's having sex aboard the ark. So it's a dog. So it's a raven. They both get cursed, and so does Ham. And afterwards, uh, you know, uh, Ham. You know, Ham's Jew wife gives birth to a little Jew boy named Canaan, and he gets cursed because he's a dirty little Jew. And uh, okay. just chapter nine. But anyway, which 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 version of the Bible is this? Can I can I ask that? Like, because there's different yeah, versions. It's all, of the Bible. it's all versions. It's all versions of the Bible. Uh, if you want to talk about the major, if you want to talk about the major differences in the Bible. There is the Septuagint, A.K.A. the Seventy, and Seventy. Uh, huh? What's it called? The, uh, the Septuagint. I, the Septuagint. And the Septuagint dating. The Septuagint dating 
uh, says that creation occurred around 5500 BC or so. Okay. And it, okay. It, it doesn't allow for like evolution or anything like that, like dinosaurs and well, all that, right? I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with dinosaurs. Uh, Bertrand Campolet says that the world, if, if somebody wants to claim the world was made 15 billion years ago instead of 4 billion, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the, okay. The, the thing, we, we don't have any fight. We don't have any fight okay. with evolution at all. In fact, it doesn't really matter. Uh, pretty well, the understanding is that Adam was not, you know, people have mistranslated, and I found out over the last two weeks especially, is that here are all these so-called Christian identity pastors, and here's Bertrand Capoe's sermons digitized from the cassette tapes, and these idiots don't seem to realize, like last week, I was missing 13 minutes of Capoe's original sermon about and what I had to do is I couldn't find them anywhere. And here are these right. so-called Christian identity pastors. They have this top array, you know, uh, audio, and nobody seems to be listening to it other than me here. I mean, that's what gets me. All these people claim that, you know, they understand basic little seed line Christian identity, and they're not even listening. They're not even listening to it. Right. But, okay. So, know, well, before we go, like, too far into that, um, I, I want to yeah. kind of get back to, like, like your your life in South Dakota, so okay. you grew up in South Dakota. Yeah, I, well, well, hang on a second, hang on, I because like you're gonna I, we gotta you're boring my chat room here, dude. Um, right. So like, um, so you you grew up like what was your and and you know I'm just asking because I'm kind of curious. Like, were your parents did they did they share the views that you're espousing today? Did they teach you these these uh, views? Not- Exactly. My mother my mother was horribly abused by her mother, who was a totally evil bitch, who went ahead and killed her husband and pretty well stole the ranch and did whatever. Uh, so, like, was it physical I, abuse I was or born, psychological? Was it, was it, like, physical abuse or psychological abuse? or? Oh, yes, my mother. Oh, old Jenny tried to go ahead and kill my mother. Uh, essentially, my grandmother, Jenny, she was an evil bitch. Uh, most, of my, most of my relatives are of Swedish descent here except for uh, my father's mother who uh, was from Prussia and you know you end up having you end up having some uh, you know what my grandpa Fred Linstead called Jenny you see the Linsteads and the Samuelsons are Swedes from you know they're actually Giats but they're from southwest Sweden around Helsingborg and okay uh, you know uh, one of them one of them came he got drafted in the Union Army in 1863 and he got a double, you know, he was one of the very first settlers in uh, South Dakota. He walked 120 miles in 1865 uh, after the war was over. He got mustered out. He walked 120 miles from, uh, well, from Sioux City, Iowa, to what became Sioux, you know, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But he, he pretty well had a, uh, he pretty well had a, uh, he got a double homestead on Beaver Creek. And now if they state park here. Uh, the Samuelsons, uh, he went ahead and he brought over one of the events, you know, he anglicized his name because he, you know, he, he knew pretty good English before he you know, went over here, but he got drafted, he survived, and he uh, essentially brought over his Samuelsons and the Samuelsons and the Ericsons and pretty well, uh, you know, pretty well married his second cousin. He had 11, he had 11 children, of which my grandfather, Martin Samuelson, was the youngest, and okay. uh, pretty well, 
you know, well and, and Martin was, and Martin was killed by Jenny, right? Oh yeah, she uh, she went ahead and got him out. Why did she, why did you know, why did she kill him? Because she wanted she wanted his money in the ranch. Here is what she wanted. Okay. She got tired of old Martin. He was, he was said that you know my you know my my grandfather Martin wanted to go ahead and give you know my mother was you know was uh, essentially the only child. Jenny went ahead and had a you know had herself fixed here after. Uh, and Jenny was a total bitch, you know. Jenny, you know, the Osbournes of Sully County were just, you know, I mean, they were just, uh, you know, they were, you know, they were lowland Scots Irish here, what my grandpa Fred Lindstedt called uh, Jenny Irish. So and, did you uh, did you ever meet Did you ever meet Jenny? Oh yeah, no, she's an evil old bitch. Good lord, I'm glad. What, I'm glad what, like, what was like what was like here, huh? She, was she abusive towards you as well when you were growing up? No, 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 no. I mean, heck, uh, she was very abusive to my mother, and my mother, my mother's sort of, you know, silly as a result of it here. I mean, I have to laugh at, you know, I mean, in the early portions of the last century, I mean, people could do whatever they wanted to their kids. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I do and, know what you mean. You know, nowadays, nowadays, what what the dog's trying to do is destroy white families by. Uh, you know, that's what they did with my four grandchildren. They went ahead and bought and sold them here. And, uh, you know, no, as far as I'm concerned, if you are a social worker, you are a cop, you are a lawyer, you are a judge, you're a traitor, and your entire family needs to be put to death publicly. Uh, I, I don't because, have any... Because I don't of what any, happened to I, you. Well, I, I mean, I don't have any use or any mercy. You know, you know okay. there's this one character, Soldier in Pride. I mean, shit, he, he pretends to be all big and badass, and then... When it comes time to go ahead and essentially put his children to death, he whines and whines and whines about it. And essentially, I've gotten to where I just don't want to waste time with people like that. Who wait, wait, he, he want to show, wait, huh? wait. So, like, he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to kill well, children. He just, he just, he just, he just sort of thinks that that the children of traitors should be put to death. And you know, in Christian identity, you got to understand is that. Yahweh, you know, an ordinary criminal who was acting freelance, you couldn't hold his children responsible for the sins of their father. If he committed a, you know, there were no prisons, there were no police in ancient Israel. If, okay. he, committed a, if he committed a minor offense, he would have to make restitution. Like, let's say he stole a sheep, he'd have to make six times restitution for a sheep. If he couldn't make it, he'd be sold into slavery. Okay, or, so, um, or, before, he, or he would pastor, be, be lashed. Pastor, so okay. He would be he would be put to death by a regime Pastor, like, criminal. You're you're sort of like uh, based on like biblical stuff. Like that's another show. I just want to talk about um, like what. So what was your relationship with your mother like? What was that like? My mother, my mother's okay. I mean, she's just sort of silly. She ain't very smart. She she has about oh on a good day she might have the mental capacity of a twelve year old. I mean. She might have on a good day, maybe an 85 IQ, but there's plenty of people, you know, you know, running around the United States here who but have an 85 IQ. When you say when you say that she's silly, do you mean that like she has a mental illness officially, or is that she's just slow? Well, not really a mental illness. I mean, she just, I mean, she doesn't really have a mental illness. She's just dumb. You know what okay. I mean? She's stupid. Okay, you know, sure. Whereas my dad was very, 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 very smart here. Your dad was very smart. Okay, so like, let's move on to that. So like, did your okay. dad did your dad indoctrinate you? 
indoctrinate you. Well, my dad, you... he he went ahead and attended the World, Herbert Armstrong's Worldwide Church of God, which was British Israel, which was British Israel, and it was the biggest Christian identity church or sect in the United States here. And now it's split it up to about what a thousand smaller groups and you know at least thirty or forty. You know, okay. you know, bigger ones, and uh, you have, you know, if you want to go ahead and see one, I mean, you have a number of them follow, you know, they end up calling themselves the Church of God something, you know, like right. International Church of God, Intercontinental Church of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, know. like, he, did, he, did he take you to this church when you were a kid? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the first time I went was uh, about, oh... Oh, when I was ten, it was just a you know few weeks shy of my eleventh birthday. You know what I mean? So yeah, okay. So when you were ten years old, you 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 started coming to this church, um, yeah. and and at this point, as you mentioned, you had not met any people of color or any Jews. Like none of them had ever come through your life. No, 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 no. You you might you generally Jews don't go. Jews don't go. I mean, it's like all these. Ordinary churches, usually Jews do not go to Baptist churches or Pentecostal oh, oh. churches or anything like that, right? But I'm, but I'm asking, like, in your daily life, like like going down to, like, the fucking grocery store or something like that. You, well, you never I mean, when, when we were seven, we moved from South Dakota to get away from that bitch, Jenny, and we moved to southwest Missouri, okay? Okay, okay. And generally, during the summer, we go up back and uh, to, to my dad's parents here, and they had sold their ranch in Hughes County, and they lived in Pierre. And um, they lived off Social Security checks. Hmm? So they lived off of Social Security checks, your dad? Hmm? No, no, my my dad's grandparents. Okay, so your dad's grandparents. My mom's, my old Martin was one hell of a businessman. He, He had the second biggest ranch in Stanley County. I mean, in his prime, he controlled, he controlled eight miles by three miles. You know what I mean? Martin Samuelson, your your grandfather and your mother's yeah. side. And he was he was he was a state representative for what? Two terms. So let me um, ask you a question. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, let me let me just sort of like let everyone know what's going on because we've had a new a lot of new people. Uh for those of you just tuning in, uh this is the Hate Project. Um I am right now talking to Pastor Martin Lindstedt. Um, he hosts a show called The Movement Turd. Uh, he's kind of a very provocative and controversial figure within the, night, w- within the white nationalist community, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but I'm trying to like, just sort of get to uh, your background here. So, um, Pastor, um, was Martin, Martin and Jenny, were they, were they sort of Christian identity? Were they white nationalists? No, no, so? no, no. I mean, hell, Fred, Lindstead, Fred Lindstead was what I call an Easter Lutheran. Uh, I don't even think he went. I don't think he even went to the Lutheran Church in Easter. But uh, no, but like, what about Martin and Jenny? Martin and Jenny Lindstedt. I mean, Martin and Jenny. Yeah, you know, old Jenny would go to churches and bother people. Martin didn't much care to. You know what I mean? Well, like, what, was, was she was she a white nationalist? Was she like no, racist? No, no, no. No, there was no such thing as white nationalism. This is pretty well something. Well, that you know what I mean. Pretty, you know, okay. So, like, did she did she hold racist viewpoints towards other? Well, no more than no more than I mean, in South Dakota, everyone hates everyone white hates Indians. You know what I mean? Okay. Or despises okay. Indians. I mean, heck, you people like, from Sioux Falls. I mean, you have places. You have places like you know Pine Ridge. I mean, hell, that's rural hell on earth. I mean, you know, no no white South Dakotan 
will be caught dead on an Indian reservation on the first weekend or the third weekend. Because the Indians get their checks and they get all drunk and they, they start they start cutting and shooting on each other and occasionally we'll have some stupid whigger who gets killed on an Indian reservation from places like New York or what have you and essentially he want you know, he, he wants he went ahead and I guess watched too much dances with wolves here. I mean dances with wolves was actually made five miles five miles from my former grandmother's ranch here. It was made five miles down the road. You're so were people, were people huh? what you've told me, were, were people in that community mad about that? Were they well, mad at Kevin? No, no, about, they loved the money. You know, they thought, you know, I mean, hell. Were any of them in it? it? Huh? Were any of them in it? As Native Americans? As extras? No? Well, we, we call them Indians or Redskins, but in any case, uh, yeah, they I'm, had some Indians. They, they had, they had, you know, whatever. You had, you had Hollywood Indians. You had, uh, you had Russell Means, and most people don't, you know, most people in South Dakota don't much care for him at all. Bastard you know who Russell Means is? Okay, cool. Well, he was like an actor, well, right? Well, you, you, you had a bunch, you had a bunch of these, uh, of what we call, you know, professional, you, you had, you know, uh, Kevin Costner, you know, a Jew. You had a number of Jews, and you had a number of people, and... Kevin uh, Costner's Jewish? Hmm? Is Kevin Costner Jewish, really? Well, that's, that's pretty well what the... What what the saying is here, but in any case, you have much to say. Wait, that's a uh, saying. Kevin Costner. You know what they say around here, guys. Kevin Costner, Jew. Is that really a saying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty well. Everybody thinks she, everybody thinks she's a Jew. I mean, heck, it don't really matter. It ain't like it ain't like I'm talking to him every day. You know what I mean? In any case, they were they were I real like good. That's, you that's know? a saying. They were. Well, heck, you know, the filming took place at Roy Hawks Buffalo Ranch. Five miles down, you know, east of, uh, you know, my grandmother's ranch here. Uh, now the biggest landowner is Ted Turner. He had what? Last time I checked, he had 88,000 acres. Okay. Which is dwarfed anything. He has, he has a buffalo ranch. And, uh, heck, uh, managed to buy a whole bunch of uh, fence posts, five-and-a-half-foot fence posts for a quarter apiece when uh, they went ahead and passed a law that for buffalo, you had to have an eight-foot fence. See, those buffalo, they carry brucellosis. Which is essentially, right. uh, you know, bangs or a uh, venereal disease for cattle, and essentially they don't want the they don't want the uh, buffalo and the cattle to mix. So, if you have a buffalo ranch, you have to go ahead and put in eight foot here. So, you oh, seem to be uh, like you seem to be like really educated about like the history of your state and your home in a way that other people are not. I'm just putting this out there. Like you seem to be like really you've done like your homework and your history. Like you'd be a good teacher. Of history uh, well, like in, in, in public how schools. Long, how long will I last and teach your profession? Children, children well, yeah. the Look, 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 like with your sha- with your half shaved beard and then like when you burst out the N word, um, you probably get fired. But like I'm just saying, like you had that seed of talent of being a history teacher in a public school. Anyways, um so when I, I just want to ask you something. Sure. Whenever, whenever you started hearing, when you started going to like this Christian identity um, church with your father, did did the words you were hearing resonate with you right away? Not really. Uh, so then, what like, what, what convinced I, you? I sat, I sat on the stainless, on the steel folding chairs in rented halls because essentially Herbert wanted all the money to come to himself. He didn't want people building a local church and then. You know, making a local minister, you know, centers of power. Essentially, you have people 
giving a first tithe to, you know, first tithe and a second tithe to Herbert. Well, the second tithe was to pay for the holy days, and then you're supposed to give offerings. In some cases, you had people giving up to 35% a third of their income to Herbert, and Herbert was a thieving old bastard. He was okay. a thieving, you know, I mean, my dad, he got disfellowship the first time for putting me in a hospital, uh, you know, and this minister, this minister uh, hated his guts because, uh, oh, about a month or so previously, uh, he wanted to make sure that he didn't get fired, and his little, his daughter, who was about, oh, two or three months younger than I was, uh, she died of a burst appendix. Uh, because, uh, you know, he went ahead and put one of Herbert's holy anointing claws on her, and that didn't didn't prevent her from having a burst appendix. So when, you know, I ended up getting complications from, uh, you know, from tetanus, and my dad put me in a hospital, they just uh, shit my dad for, for, how dare you not have any, you know, belief in these anointing claws and doing all this shit here. But Herbert was a total piece of shit when he was eight years old. He'd have a freaking oxygen tent. You know, this old bastard would have an oxygen tent. He had a penis pump. He had every, you know, he had every penis single, pump? you know. Yeah, supposedly he had a penis pump here. You know what I mean? <laughs> he went ahead, you know, I mean, old Herbert had an oxygen tent, a penis pump, and the finest in medical attention here. But hell, you know, I, you know my dad got this fellowship for the first time for putting me in a, you know, in a hospital. And essentially, the minister's daughter got a ruptured appendix here, you know, from the stupid anointing cloth. You know what I mean? And uh, hell, you know, old uh, old Don Mason hit my dad because you know he had, you know, my dad had a wife, old son, and he had a dead old daughter. You know what I mean? Okay, so um, uh, let me. Yeah, so um, well, okay. My dad, my dad eventually sided with Garner Ted, and him and my <laughs> brother, him and my brother, they got, you know, they got disfellowshipped. Meanwhile, I got I went up to engineering school at the University of Missouri Rolla, and essentially then I went ahead and joined the army, and I was in a fire direction control section for a nuclear tipped Lance nuclear missile, and I was stationed in Crossheim, West Germany, for two years. So essentially, between the ages of 20, you know, 21. And to about 35, I went away from Christian identity. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. And in the meantime, you know, old Herbert the pervert goes ahead, he croaks off, and he goes ahead and gives his church to, you know, to two Russian Jews, and they loot everything that there is, and pretty well the worldwide church guys split up into, you know, thousands, thousands, thousands of sections. Okay? Okay, so, so Martin. Okay? Okay, so like, okay, so before you left the church, and kind of like what you're describing, like when you first attended it, were they espousing a lot of the views that you are espousing today about Jews? Not really. Not really. See, what happens is British Israelitism believed that Judah, were, the Jews were Judah, and what they had is that they, you know, this is common. This is common in Protestantism. The Jews were essentially, you know, they made, you know this, this idea of Jews being God's chosen people, this is horseshit. You know, brought up by this uh, Cyrus Schofield, this Schofield Reference Bible of the King James Version from 1909 and then redone in 1917 to where it's dispensationalism. And essentially, yeah. it's about 100 years old. Uh, it used to be that Jews were despised, that Jews were viewed as parasites. Uh, Martin Luther, he used to like Jews, and then he got a copy. Some renegade Jew gave him a copy of the Talmud, and he went ahead and read about. 
Jesus Christ being the bastard son of a hairdresser and a nigger Roman centurion and boiling his shit forever and ever and ever. And he got sort of mad about it. He went ahead and wrote a book called The Jew Concerning the Jews and Their Lives. He said, you need to burn right. down these was... Jews' houses and put them to work. You know what I mean? Right. Martin Luther didn't start out, out as a, quote, anti-Semite. You know, he he got a copy, he, he went ahead and read a copy of the Talmud, and then he got pretty well mad at them Jews. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, pretty well, the Lutheran Church used to agree with that. Then about 150 years ago, some Jew went ahead, oh, Martin Luther didn't mean that. Martin Luther didn't you know, mean that. Same way with the Roman Catholic Church. used to not hate Jews, but Christianity said that the Jews had rejected, you know, their Messiah. They rejected their Messiah. Therefore, they were no longer, they were no longer part of the covenant here because they went ahead and murdered Jesus Christ, okay? So... Okay, so, um, I mean, before we get too deep into that, like, now I'm understanding where, where the, uh, the church comes from. So... Okay. <sighs> okay. You know, oh, yeah, sorry. Um... So, like, it didn't really resonate with you. Like, so you left the Christian Identity Church for a long time, for, like, about 15, almost 15 years. You were in the Army. You were studying engineering. Um, I guess, like, what I'm asking, because, like, by your own admission, you had not seen a person of color until the year 2001 in real life. In South Dakota. No, no, no. I've seen playing niggers in the Army. There's lots of them here. Okay, so. The South Missouri don't have that many of them here. Uh, Granby, for example, Granby, for example, will ever so often have its nigger, uh, you know, you'll, you'll go ahead and the nigger will go ahead. He knows everybody's keeping an eye on him. And usually, usually, you know, your average nigger don't last more than about a year or two. And then he runs off for Yosho or Joplin or wherever. Where well, why doesn't he, why doesn't he last? Why doesn't he last? What, what happens? Well, what because do? everybody, everybody looks at him and don't like him. You know what I mean? I mean, do you, you, know, do you guys it, do you guys harass him? No, but what happens is that shit. You know, he he's going ahead. And he's looking at white people, and you know, I mean, you know, uh, you gotta understand is that most niggers like niggers better than the Anglo. I'm living among what I call Anglo mestizos who end up having a bunch of, you know, engine in them here, stuff like that. When we first came down here, see, uh, Saturday, me and Roxy went and visited the Casino Indians. Uh, for a birthday or something like that. And uh, are you are you referring to Roxy has Down syndrome in the chat here? No, that's some nimbusters here. Roxy's pretty fat here, and they like you know they like yapping shit about Roxy. Who's Roxy? I don't even know who this is. He's a woman I live with. Is is this your wife, your girlfriend? What what who is? Yeah, your, who, she's my domestic partner. We've been together for what? Oh, twenty five some years. Okay, so uh, is she also in the movement or share your values? No, she's not. She's not. I mean, hell, she, you know, she's a, you know, she, she claims to be a, she claims to be a green hibernator, but she's actually an orange hibernator. I mean, what is that? Okay, one. so like, what? So like, I what does that make? Hibernator is a word for the Irish. It's short for hibernator. Yeah, I know. yeah so, so the the the, the green. The green, you know, you know, five out of six of the provinces, you know, are essentially they're the greens here, and then you have the Ulstermen who are Scots Irish, and you know, from Northern Ireland, and they're known as the Ulstermen, and they're the orange hybrid niggers. 
So Roxy likes to claim that she's a green hibernator, but actually she's a orange hibernator. You know, I mean, if you go ahead and look at her, look at her dad and older brother, you can you can just tell that they're uh, you know they're lowland Scots and stuff like that here. You know what I mean? Okay, so, so like Roxy. Um, okay, so does she have Down syndrome? Because that's what people keep uh, saying. I don't know. This is just Nimbuster tards here. You know what I mean? They they. You, this is Nimbuster horse shit here. I, I, I pay attention, but you you might end up having Jeremy Visser and Oba Gender Bender running around. Uh, They're in probably there. in here already, but like, um, yeah. I, I want to get I want to get to this in a second. But um, what like what was the moment, or like what was sort of like the transition into like your values that you have today? Like, what was the awakening of your whiteness or your white consciousness? What was that? Like the, when, white, when, the white consciousness is, you know, essentially, you know, my dad. My dad went ahead, and he uh, before I went in the army, uh, he he got very mad at Jenny stealing essentially our inheritance, and he got to where he ran his mouth to an FBI agent, and essentially the FBI agent uh, got him to run his mouth, and he hated this particular lawyer who was on the state. You know, he, he ended up becoming on the state South Dakota Supreme Court. Right. And essentially, my dad, my dad got sentenced to five years of federal prison, and uh, for what? For what? What was the charge? Well, for threatening to shoot, for threatening to shoot a fucking lawyer. I he a state South South Dakota State Supreme Court judge here. Okay, he I see. Okay, mouth. he ran his mouth. He ran his mouth, and essentially, okay. they didn't really want to put him in prison. They just said you can't go to South Dakota. So he went up to South Dakota. And essentially, you know, they went ahead and sent to Fort Worth here. And then uh, I get out of the Army, and I get out of the Army, and I go visit him at Fort Worth, you know, this uh, you know, this federal prison here. And, oh, they keep him for another, what, year or so because he took a banana and called his, uh, he called his, what, prison administrator, you know, a pissant and a nigger a couple times. And, Essentially, he had nothing but contempt for niggers too. Here, I mean, initially he wasn't that away, but he got. You know, I mean, the more you, you know, the more you have contact with niggers, the less you like them here. I mean, uh, this guy who runs nigger mania says that what goes ahead and makes you a racist is called contact. You have contact with coons. You know what I mean? You have contact. Uh, no. So, so can I ask you something? Like, oh, oh, I have two questions. Okay, so sure. can, can you tell me like? So you're basically saying that, like, uh, oh, you want to get that fucking phone call there, dude? Oh, uh, because because uh, what happens? Whoever's calling, dude, answer the phone. Tell him I'm on. Tell him I'm on. Talk to you. I, I have a pretty good idea who it is, and essentially he doesn't want to be. You know, he doesn't want to be heard on talk show. He's been screwed over uh, by okay, so-called Christian identity tards. All right. Well, well, um, okay. So I, I just want to ask you, like. I'm going to use your word of contact. Um, what was the first uh, contact that you had that uh, turned you off? Well, that's well like niggers, waking... I mean, you know, I, I was in the Army for, what, two years. You see niggers all the time. You get to where you don't want anything to do with them. You know what I mean? And neither does anybody else. Why? Can you just give me an example of something they did to you? Like, like oh. Well, you know, what happens is that I'm six foot two, and I'm bigger than most niggers here, and essentially, I talk like, you know, hell, I'm a, I'm a total redneck who would love to kill niggers. So usually, niggers don't give me a hard time, but, you know, hell, I was, I was locked up in a nut house with niggers. I mean, 
So why, okay, you're, okay, so this is what I'm trying to ask you. How did you get to the viewpoint of wanting to kill niggers? You, I'm using your words. Okay, um, well, they, you know, personally kill niggers, I mean, essentially they don't belong in a white society, and essentially they need to be, you know, they need to be, you know, I mean, if there, if there was a way to peacefully, peacefully practice what's called racial federalism, and Alex Linder, he'll talk about this crap, but essentially he won't go ahead and come up with this. If there was a way to go ahead, essentially, and ship them to, say, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi, and to where they stayed in there, if they came out of there, they'd be shot, you know, and let them fight with that here, I'd do it. But there's no, there's no way, there's no peaceful solution uh, to the racial problems that we end up having. Uh, you know, I don't see any. There, there's none. And uh, you know, pretty well. If you're asking, if you're asking, you know, see, contrary, it's not really a, it's not really a, you know, myself. I don't really have a visceral hatred, hatred of niggers. It's just that they're, they're, the understanding is that there's no, there's no living with them. But why? I'm, I'm just. I'm huh? still confused. I'm still confused as to like why you can't. You you like there's there hasn't been like okay so for instance like Delaware last week told this really specific story about this interaction that sort of set him on his path. Look and and like look I don't agree with it but like he had this really specific interaction with uh, uh other black kids that sort of set him on his path. Like you just you just in the abstract like black people to you are still an abstract you you don't have any interaction with them. No, like, I, you want to see them killed. You're, I'm, you're, I'm, you're in the army. You're in the army here. You realize you, know, you realize that niggers are totally different creatures in the army. And then when you are locked up with niggers and they don't have to even pretend to be other crazy niggers, why hey. You go ahead and find out is that they're just totally they're just totally different creatures, and uh, you know pretty well pretty well I got along fairly good with the niggers because they knew I was a Klansman, they knew I was Aryan Nations, and they were scared shitless of me. And niggers have niggers have two feelings toward white people: one is hatred, and the other is fear. And if you're fucking stupid enough to go ahead and do away with their fear, you're going to have to deal with their hatred. I mean, shoot, niggers hate white people, or white people hate niggers. I've never, okay. you know, I mean, and people go ahead and say something different. They're totally different animals. Now, usually, right. since niggers were so freaking scared of me, usually, you know, the couple times I did get attacked by a nigger, the nigger would go ahead and give me the little, what I call the simian stare, the, the baboon stare, and essentially the nigger is working his way up to go ahead and have enough, you know, to have enough courage because, you know, the nigger is scared shitless because, you know, to, uh, to a nigger, the white man is a, is a magician. And someone like me, who's extremely intelligent or something like that, why, good Lord. I mean, I've, I've had niggers call me the devil. You know what I mean? You know, to my face. I mean, that's just... You know, like the, is that I've a surprise, though? Call me the devil. Huh? I mean, hmm? is that much of a surprise to you like no, I mean, that's a good thing here. I mean, do you really want to go ahead and be attacked by niggers all the time? Hell no. But, uh, I mean, you know, the... the but, the, like, the you you hated them before you were ever attacked by one. That's my question. It's not much hatred. I look upon them as essentially animals 
that need to be, you know, need to be either put in a open-air zoo like African portions of Africa or essentially exterminated. I mean, they're just simply, they're just simply. So it's not hatred. It's not hatred that you're talking about. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're a nigger, if you're a nigger being exterminated by someone like myself, you could probably call it hatred. I mean, it just depends on what you want to. I mean, I'm sure that they think it's hatred. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know, uh, but actually, I got attacked far less than most stupid Uyghurs uh, by niggers. I mean, generally, you know, generally the nigger, you know, generally the niggers would be scared shitless of me. I mean, I remember a couple times here. Somebody, you know, playing a joke would take some young little nigger here and, you know, I mean, all the niggers have been already talking about me and essentially, you know, they'd be scared. You know, these niggers just have their little old eyeballs just rolling here, you know, in fear. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, these, you know, these niggers are scared shows of me. And, uh, like, how's that, how's that, like, does that, does that, how's that feel for you, like, that? That people well, are scared of people. I mean, essentially, it's it's useful. I mean, it means it means that you're. You know, do you I mean, some, I do go you ahead. Some... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, dude. I go ahead and see stupid Uyghurs. Stupid Uyghurs come in, and about half the ones in the half the ones in the nut house. Usually, you know, some of them are screwed up in the head. You know, from day one. You know, you can go ahead and see a real schizoid. I mean, a real schizoid. He's listening to the voices in his head, and since he doesn't like thinking he's listening to demons, he likes thinking he's listening to angels. So a real a super schizoid, be it nigger or wigger or whatever, a real schizoid will go ahead and his nose will just go ahead an inch up in the, right up in the freaking air. I don't care if it's a wigger or a nigger, their nose will just go ahead inch up in the air to where, I mean, real high. I mean... Oh shoot! If it started raining in there, they drowned. You know what I mean? And you you get to you get to go ahead and see you know you get to go ahead and see you know some really screwed up people locked up in the nut house. And I used to tell these I used to tell these uh, you know psychiatrists that uh, you know is that schizophrenia is caused by Peter Duncan. And they say, you know, who's Peter Duncan? I said, no, you dumbass. Peter Duncan is a what? You know, it's caused by miscegenation. In case you get to see some really screwed up people, you know, you know, neighbors, so, sweepers, whatever. Hmm? Well, and what, what was the again the event that put you in the nut house? It wasn't the Donna Four the bat incident, right? It was something else. No, no. What it what it was what it was was that essentially here's this piece of shit Kevin Lee Selby. Uh, essentially, I treated him like a piece of shit. He crawled out of you know California. And uh, essentially, had me thrown in jail for 30 days, contempt of court, because I refused to pay an illegal, uh, you know, illegal ticket on a burnout headlight on a U.S. highway in Granby. And I refused to go ahead. There was this other piece of shit named Showbro, and essentially, I went ahead and was I was going ahead, and uh, you see, you see, unlike all these other people, I will go ahead and help white people. And essentially, if they have problems, I will go ahead and write them a whole bunch of legal papers that they can't get from a lawyer. And essentially, you know, I mean, I pretty well know the law, and I've essentially sued them quite a few times. And, well, I ended up, you know, I ended up, uh, oh, I ran for governor. I got thrown in jail by this piece of shit named Selby. I treated him like a piece of shit. And he always, you know, he hated me ever since here. So here they go ahead and they take the kids 
and then I ought to go ahead and have me murdered as a child molester, sent to prison as a child molester and a uh, racist here. Okay, so, so that's why, and, that's, and this is... And this is when you had your teeth knocked out in the nut house, right? Well, no, 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 no. This is going up to the nut house. So essentially, the problem of this is that what they're doing is totally illegal, according to their own law. If they are taking children on the basis that they think that they're being molested, well, then what they have to, what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to immediately file an investigation. And anybody who is being accused of that needs to be told within 90 days. They didn't do that. Now, you've got to understand is that this system, it is designed to go ahead and steal and buy and sell the children of poor people. Missouri allows, allows essentially any piece of shit to go ahead and make an anonymous complaint, and they will grab children. And they don't grab nigger children. They don't grab beaner children. They grab white children. Really? They never, they never, they never, they never go after black families. They never go after Latino families. Why? Well, you know, if you go ahead and steal beer, maybe you're just going to have another beer. I mean, heck, they can't, they can't adopt out these nigger kids. I mean, you raise, you raise a nigglet. I mean, I tell people it's safer to go ahead and raise a, uh, it's safer to raise a calf than a nigglet. I mean, that nigglet, you know, that calf, if it don't work out, you can go always go ahead and knock it in the head and eat it, you know, with, you know, when it grows into a cow. But, you know, a nigger, why, when he grows into be a full buck nigger, he's going to go ahead and knock you over the head and eat you if you ain't careful. I mean, shit, they don't, you know, they, they don't want to go ahead and adopt nigger kids. They want well, to adopt like, people. They have to go ahead and adopt white kids. And that's, that's pretty well what ends up happening. And, uh, Essentially, my my stepdaughter is just nothing but white trash, and she had the kids taken away for a month, and here I was causing trouble. And then the second time, the second time, they were out to go ahead and have me murdered. And essentially, the system is set up to take the one thing that poor white welfare moms have that the rich want, and that's their children. And that's exactly what happens. That's why I have no use for legislators, I have no use for judges, I have no use for lawyers, I have no use for policemen. As I look upon, they are racial traitors, and they and their entire families need to die. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Um, your stepdaughter, is this Roxy's daughter? Yeah, it's Roxy's daughter. Okay. So, and, and your grandchildren, those, those are your biological grandchildren, right? They're not, they're not, no. But as far okay, as I'm so, concerned, uh, me and Roxy raised the two oldest ones. Uh, my my stepdaughter, I mean, she's just around here, old welfare slut. And essentially, the first, you know, the first the first child was a girl, real smart girl. And it was my, I found out it was my boyfriend. And then she convinced this idiot, you know, he had about maybe a 91 IQ. He's about as smart as George W. Bush here, maybe a 91 IQ. She went ahead and convinced that the kid was his, and he went ahead. The second kid was it was the second kid who was a boy was his, and the boy was his father's son. He was he was retarded. So then she was running around screwing about everything, and I told her I told her it was a shit. I, I was not going to be the grandpa of a nigger or a beaner. I'm not you know I mean essentially she squeezed out a nigger or a beaner. I mean, just hit the road. Just hit the road. Nigga, I don't give a shit what you do, but you leave the white kids behind. You know what I mean? And 
pretty well, you know, pretty well had the place right across the street. Uh, you know, I had right. the place right across the street bought by my brother. He had the money. And essentially, the idea was that, uh, well, we would have some place for the kids, you know, kids to live here. And essentially, oh, the first husband caught Emily screwing around. He hit her on the throat and ran her off. And, uh, you know, he was a total tard, but at least he worked here. And, oh, I made a mistake of siding with her when she got thrown in jail over selling, you know, selling some minor, some dope on a sting operation or something. And he got mad and he ran off and took the kids to Kansas. And then I went in, filed some papers, and I got the... You know, I got the two old, I got the two kids back here, and then she started screwing this here, you know, this, uh, this wigger, you know, this, uh, you know, this chicken-headed wigger, you know, and now he's pretty well much of a retard as the, uh, first husband, but, you know, he's supposedly quick, but he's a chicken head, you know, the first one was just slow as hell, but he wasn't a chicken head, the second one was just, uh, was just a wigger, you know, idiot, you know, chicken-headed wigger idiot, and that's why I came up with the term meerkat, uh, I go ahead and can, you know, I go ahead and say that these people, you know, these people, the face of their little heads are just like little meerkats. Have you ever seen meerkat manner with their little heads bobbing? Yes. Yes. Well, anyway, I, I refer to meerkats as somebody who's going ahead with his little wigger head bobbing here outside his wife's pussy or girlfriend's pussy with his little head because the little pussy won't do here. And I pretty well, that's another movement turned to it term which has been used here, and I usually apply it to Alex Linder's, uh, I call him colostomy bag-licking meerkat here. But, but, but pretty well, he ended up having, you know, the, she had two children here, and the third one was his father's son. He was a chicken head. The fourth one, you know, fourth one was the most beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful boy baby I've ever seen here, and uh, I accused him of basically being a changeling, because I said, shoot, I mean, you know, he ain't, he ain't you know, he ain't a greedy, stupid idiot like his mother, and he's not a, he's not chicken head like his father here, and, you know, the oldest and the youngest were the pick of the litter. You know what I mean? The two middle ones were idiots. So anyway, where I end up going to the nut house is that they, they took a year, they took a year, and I'm suing this piece of shit named Selby, I'm suing him in the Missouri Court of Appeals, Southern District, and these cryptic cocksuckers are essentially backing up, backing up the trial judge. I went ahead and hired, hired a lawyer. He wouldn't even let this lawyer represent Roxy. Wouldn't even do it. Totally illegal. He does whatever the hell he wants. Right. And pretty well, after about a year and a half, the Newton County pigs, the state pigs, and probably the national pigs get their little minds. We're going to go ahead. You know, this guy... This guy is talking about prion poison. He's talking about overtly putting people to death. He's talking about civil war. He's talking about essentially extermination. We need to go ahead and have him call the child molester. We need, you know, we need to go ahead essentially send railroad him to prison and send him there to be murdered. So did and, did they have any evidence? Did they have any evidence whatsoever? And I'm asking like and I'm asking like physical markings on the boy. How how are you going to go ahead and prove a year and a half, you know, a year and a month later that somebody kissed somebody's penis what three years ago? How are you going to prove that? How are so you going to prove that? Essentially, all all it is is that essentially. Some, you know, some pig said the therapist told him that my grandson claimed that I molested him. You know, I was kissing his penis. 
I mean, how do you prove that? How do you prove that? And the answer is you don't. You know, I mean, you know, you know, one one shot. You know, the child says one thing and I say another. This says it's just his way to get fat. There's no way of objectively proving any such thing. Now it never happened, and that's why that's why that's why you know, that's why people get scared. Like, tell them, I'm gonna, you know, you know, I said, look, you know, look, you think that if I went ahead and grabbed your kid and went ahead and applied a pair of pliers to his testicle, do you think I could go ahead and have him claiming that you kissed his penis? Every day and twice on Sunday. Do you think I could go ahead and convince him to testify against you? His parent or his grandparent? The answer is, of course I could. I just simply tell the pigs is that what they do to my family, I'm going to do to theirs. And so, so, like, so they singled you out and they trumped up your, okay, by your account. They, they, they trumped up the charges. Now, it was, totally, it was totally illegal because according to their own law, they were supposed to essentially essentially make a investigation and give me a photography of the investigation the results, but they had no intention of obeying that law. Okay. So okay, so now we know like how you got to the nut house and you get out, right? And you're back well, in well, the so, so then so then you know so there it goes and you know the judge who goes ahead and makes it, he sets a hundred thousand dollar bond. Essentially, a hundred thousand bond based on third race hearsay of what a therapist, you know, what a big says a therapist told him. What my grandson told him after they got him in their control after two and a half months. I mean, essentially, this is not even first-hand hearsay. This is third-hand hearsay. And essentially, they don't have it, you know. But they want to make sure that I'm not going to get out, so they go ahead and give a hundred thousand dollar bond. Now, to give you an idea of how they usually do things. About two months ago, a retired Missouri Highway Patrolman actually raped two girls, two 14-year-old girls, and what he got is that he has been released on a $5,000 bond. You know what I mean? Actually, 14-year-old okay. girls claim that he raped them. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, and essentially, he only gets he not only gets a... Uh, not only gets a five thousand dollar bond, he gets a different judge from out of the circuit. But here's this particular judge, you know, he's he's known as a faggot judge because he's a faggot, you know, named Greg Strummel. And essentially, uh, you know, the very first time, you know, I, I'm arrested, you know, and essentially they clap the handcuffs on me and make sure my wrists expand and turn blue. Then the next day, here here I am. Shackled up. Here's the TV. Here's the TV cameras. Here about the, the pedophile pastor, and essentially, you know, he goes ahead and he reads the things here, and I go ahead and look at him. And I says, "It's one hell of a deal. It's one hell of a deal when a fucking judge like you is going to accuse me of statutory sodomy." And old Greggy actually, you know, see, Greggy didn't like me because I ran a non-lawyer for judge against him in 1998, and you know, he hated my guts. I hated his guts, and actually. But anyway, he goes ahead and acts like he's corrupt. He says, well, if you're going to be that way, if you're not going to be a gentleman, I'm going to put you in jail for another week. And then when you come back, we'll see if you can't be a gentleman. And I says, well, a week from now, I won't be a gentleman, but you'll still be a faggot. You know, so anyway, Copeland and the rest, you know, the sheriffy, they go ahead and march me out. They're mad as hell. And essentially, they have three they have three times to try to arraign me and essentially the old Greggy doesn't do it right. I mean what he's trying to do is that 
you got to understand is that in 1980, there was a case called Roberts versus Ohio, where essentially the Supreme Court ruled that hearsay evidence was admissible. But okay. in 2005, in Crawford versus Washington, they ruled that if anybody's going to testify that somebody did it, they have to testify that they actually seen it. There has to be an actual witness. They just can't simply say that somebody said or something said or something else was said. And what they're trying to do is that the Department, the Missouri Department of Family Services is trying to get my grandson alone so that they can go ahead and have, you know, have quote, my lawyer, my lawyer, my public pretender, whatever, claim that he's representing my interests so I will not get to see my grandson testifying that, yes, I kissed his penis however many times. You know what I mean? Right? So they're okay. trying to get a videotape made, and that's what the Missouri legislature allowed. And for it wasn't until December 2006 in State versus Justice where some father got convicted you know, by going ahead and using that to where he couldn't go ahead and see his own daughter testify against him. And essentially it went up to the Missouri Supreme Court and it had to be, that case had to be overturned. It was a, it was a good year and a half before Missouri actually obeyed the Supreme Court ruling. So okay, anyway, so. here's this judge, here's this new judge, the judge who sent me in jail, you know, on a bogus contempt of court, and he is trying, you know, I go ahead and essentially, this, you know, I go ahead and ask for a change of judge, I said, go ahead, give me your page, don't give me, don't, don't give me Selby, Selby is the one who stole the kids, he's the one who claims that the kids had to be taken because I was molesting them, how is he going to go ahead and rule in my favor? our preliminary hearing. How's he going to do that? And the answer is he can't. Because if he goes ahead and rules that there's no preliminary evidence or not evidence enough, he's going to have to give the kids back. Meanwhile, he's being sued by me and Roxy in the Missouri Court of Appeals Southern District. So how can he go ahead and possibly rule in my favor? Totally illegal behavior. Okay. Essentially, the legislature, the legislature essentially allows for the buying and selling of white children. So the police go ahead and do it, you know. I mean, essentially, it's a totally corrupt system. There is, there so is, is, this, is, this, is this why you shaved half your beard in court and pissed your No, 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 I didn't shave my, half my beard in court. I mean, why, you act like I have a razor in court. They're going to give me a razor to shave half my beard in court? No, I didn't shave okay, my well, beard. Okay, well, like half your beard was off by the time you were in court. Well, I didn't have very much of it. I mean, on the night I got arrested here, what happens is that I decide to... Invoke First Samuel chapter twelve, but in any case, I go ahead and I get a new judge, and essentially, I you know, I don't want him as my judge. I want to go ahead and write eight motions to get him kicked off, because you know he is not a neutral party. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to force me to accept the public defender, so that the public defender can then allow the department, you know, the Missouri Department of Family Services to have a little private, little Steven Spielberg tale of incest and rape here without me ever getting to see my grandson. And essentially, that's what he wants to do, is he wants to force upon me a public pretender. So we go ahead and get in there, and essentially, I won't even allow myself, you know, they have to carry me in court. I refuse to walk into court. I claim he has no jurisdiction. And he gets mad. And essentially gives me 22 counts of contempt of court, which is illegal. 
Uh-huh. After the first contempt, there's supposed to be a trial as to whether or not there was a contempt taking place. But here he is, and he's allowed to be my, quote, judge, even though he has bias and prejudice, you know, just by essentially being the one who took the kids. You know, and essentially he knows dang well that if I go ahead and represent myself, you know, he's going to go ahead and get his attitude. I'm going to object to everything. I'm going to go ahead and tell about his previous crimes in his shot of the jury. I mean, there's not going to be, I mean, it's just like what they're doing now. They're they're having trials in abstentia. They're, they're putting people in a room here to where they can't go ahead and talk to the jury. And my, you know, my response to that is that's fine. I don't have a problem with sentencing regime criminals to death in abstentia. You know, all all these people think, all these people think they're going to be in power forever, and they're not. They're going to get, they're going to get the torture, they're going to get the rape, they're going to get the death, they're going to get everything that's going to come back to them. But anyway, here here he is, he's trying to enforce on me a lawyer. I get, what, 660 days of contempt of court, essentially totally illegal, and so him, the sheriff, just head, you know, together, okay, what are we going to do about this bastard? The, the, uh, the, the public defender's office is going to file suit against, against us, going to go ahead and file suit against us here, say that you can't go ahead and claim that somebody is a pauper, you know, because, hey, you know, they would, you know, he wouldn't allow me to go ahead and have Roxy file as a pauper, you know, get him to get the kids back, but all of a sudden he wants to force on me a public defender, saying I'm a pauper, and essentially the public defender's office fighting against that. And, you know, he doesn't have any choice. So what does he decide to do? He decides to claim that I'm insane. Okay. So essentially he goes ahead and comes up under 550, I think 552. This is Selby doing this, right? This is Selby, hmm? right? Zoom this? Yeah, Selby. Okay. So essentially he goes ahead and... You know, I mean, the public defender, they don't know what they'll say. You know, they don't know what they'll say. So anyway, in August, I go in front of a uh, this little Jew, you know, named David Landers. And essentially, uh, I say, what if I don't talk to you, you worthless bastard? Uh, well, first I go ahead and have a Mel Gibson moment. Oh, uh, about, well, oh, about okay. 10 minutes before yeah. Mel Gibson has, you know. And essentially, are you a Jew? Are you a fucking Jew? And he goes on and on, I'm a Jew. I said, what if I don't talk to you, you worthless master? What if I refuse to talk to you? Well, you'll just have to come back again to decide to talk to us. You're going to stay in jail. Oh, so anyway, I just go ahead and I do like you. I just go ahead and control the situation. I talk and talk and talk. Well, anyway, he decides to go ahead and come up with what's called psychiatric disorder, not otherwise specified. Essentially, it's six pages on the DSMP 4 to where essentially they claim that you are nuts. They don't claim that you're, you know, why you're nuts. They don't claim that you are nuts because you're schizoid or bi- maniac, depressor, bipolar, whatever. They just claim that you're nuts. Mm-hmm. So we go, we go ahead and go back, and then in September, Selby, you know, Selby, uh, you know, Selby goes ahead and call, you know, goes ahead and calls the court date. Finally, he comes back in September, then October. I'm going ahead and I'm going on a I'm going on a fast here and they call it a hunger strike. I pretty well starved myself for forty days and forty one nights. You know, I mean as long as Jesus Christ did. And uh in any case, 
he he goes ahead and says, I said, you don't have jurisdiction of the case. You're holding secret proceedings. You won't you won't let you won't let the proceedings of this of the, of whatever you're going to say be put out here. And he illegally he illegally did not allow me to see the psychiatric report so that okay. I could so that I could go ahead and challenge it. And I would have challenged it. In fact, I would have gone ahead and demanded a petted jury of six jurors to go ahead and talk about whether or not I'm sane or not. And essentially, he didn't allow that. That was illegal. So I get sent up to the house, and on the, on the 6th of December, I get my teeth knocked out by a uh, sheriff's de- department deputy while I'm shackled, you know, against the curb, you know, in a Springfield convenience store. So essentially, the, total, the entire total thing that they did to me and my family in some cases, was illegal. And the parts okay. that were, were, were legal to where essentially they can buy and sell white children, that is why I think that as a policy that anybody who is with, who serves this current system, need be put to death, they, them and their entire family. You know what I mean? No, you know, no mercy in anybody who supports these machine criminals, they and their family need to be put to death as well. Well, it seems like, it seems like you, you've, uh, I mean, I, you know, what you're describing to me, like, and I have, I mean, there's people in the chat who are going to, like, contest this a little bit, but, like, um, it seems like you went through a, a ton of pain in these years, and um, you you want somebody to pay for it. It's not only that. See, you guys understand is that I'm a pastor. I'm a real pastor. And a pastor, you know where, pastor, where pastor comes from? I don't. It comes from the term pastoral, you know, as to de- dealing with herds of sheep. You know I mean? and, who, and, and yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, I, I understand that, but like, who who were you ordained by? Like, were you ordained ordained through the Christian Identity Church? Uh, I was ordained by Morris Gillette, and Morris Gillette was a drug and crackhead, and part of his plea agreement was to betray me uh, in August of 2005. Uh, that's another. That's another one of the little a whole other story. Hmm? Okay, so um, what? But like, what church are you a pastor of? Are you part of the Christian well, I'm identity? Pastor, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor of my own church. I have a corporation. I have a non-public. I have a non. I have a public benefits, you know, corporation called the Church of Jesus Christ Christian Aryan Nations of Missouri in Missouri. Okay. So could I? I mean, like, is this like something that anybody could start up? Could I start this up if I wanted to? You could. I mean, that's why I have to laugh at retards. That's why I have to laugh at retards spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go to quite divinity school. Do you know that Harvard yeah. was formed as a divinity school? And I think they still yeah. have a divinity program in Harvard. I imagine so, okay. it probably cost a couple hundred thousand dollars to go there, though. Yeah. Well. Uh, okay. So. Well. Well. Before we. Before we jump too far into that direction, I just want to. This is going to be kind of like my final question for you. You. You are such a a divisive figure in the white nationalist movement. I mean, mm-hmm. pro- profoundly divisive, more than I've ever seen before. Um, oh, yeah. You're. You're a very controversial figure. Um, do yeah. you attri- Do you Do you attribute this to either a the child molestation charges or b your theory that the white nationalist movement has been infiltrated by Jews or something else. What would you say? Well, it, it, it's all together. It's all together. 
in, you know infiltrated by Jews. You'll end up having church, okay. churches like you have churches like Jeremy Visser. Uh, right. Two, yeah. He you know, called him last two week. weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Well, not you know. Let's see. Back in what October of 2011, he's mad as hell. He's mad as hell because I won't let him come back because you know he's an admitted Cherokee. You know he's a Morrison. He's a Mamzer. He's a part Jew. He gets all mad and he, he puts on this uh, Randy Topica page that I'm, you know, I've been convicted twice of being a child molester. I haven't been ever convicted of anything. I mean, what ended up happening is that for essentially, oh, about five or six months later on, here's this nigger, nigger psychiatrist, and they want to keep me at Biggs. So essentially, they dream up that I have to be involuntarily medicated. And essentially, Resperidol isn't for, quote, you know, uh, psychotic disorder, not otherwise specified. The whole, the whole purpose is to keep me medicated. And the first time came up for evaluation, there's this church called Jeffrey Klein. I said, Klein, that's a Jew name. Are you a fucking Jew? And he goes on for about 10 minutes, and I couldn't possibly be a Jew. And I said, yep, yep, ain't that just like a fucking Jew boy? You know, go ahead and won't even tell the truth about being a Jew boy. And we scream at each other for about two and a half hours. And essentially, I figured out soon enough is that the entire purpose was to figure or not whether or not I had been rendered tractable enough to send me back, send okay. me back to, uh, you know, to, I mean, if, if you know what you are doing, if you know what you're doing, you know, and, uh, you know, this piece of shit, Anton Scalia, uh, Essentially, yes, figured out as much as that you you can you can you can avoid ever going to trial for anything. Joey Lofner, he could avoid going to trial. Uh, yeah. James Holmes can avoid going to trial. Uh, Adam Liza, he ain't gonna go to trial because the master's dead. But if you know what you're doing, simply by showing nothing but contempt, showing nothing but hatred. I mean, essentially, you know that's why these you know that's why these Muslims in Guantanamo. You know, it, it's it's. Taking what a decade? It's barely been a decade, and they're they're not really any closer to being tried than they were a decade ago. You right. know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I actually, mean, that, you know, that's actually yes, very if, true. If, if essentially, if you have nothing but contempt, I mean, and, and that's that's the difference between me and these other people who got you know got arrested. I never, you know, I mean, I say I'm innocent, but that doesn't really matter. I simply, I simply point out is that if you are determined, you have the weaponry, you have the situation to where you can exterminate, you can go ahead and work on exterminating this entire country. And this, this entire country is headed out. It's headed towards civil war. It's headed toward a breakup. You know, there's never been a mighty evil empire which has ever survived. So, essentially... I'm at odds with you know about everybody in the movement, certainly Chris Fandanti. I mean, there's this there's this one bitch, uh, you know, Debbie Downey. I went ahead and she pulled some shit on a friend of mine here and got him banned, and I went ahead and demanded to find some shit on that bitch and found out that she was the sexual mascot back you know they Washington State clan and found out I I went ahead and gave her the nickname Clint. He called herself Cliff. I said you're not no clan Cliff. You're the Klan Clark. And essentially, all these characters are liars, they're thieves, they're criminals, they're Jews, they're mamsers. They're, they're all together, you know, they're either criminals working on their own, but most of the cases, they're criminals working for Zog. 
So do and, you do you have do you have any friends right now in the movement at all or? Oh yeah, I have some I have some friends here. I mean, okay. you'll have you'll have you know you'll have like this guy pretend to be George I consider him somewhat of a friend. Okay, so cool. I have, uh, well, okay. You know, I, I, have, I have two or three friends. All right, so um, no need to get into the details. Um, I have a, I have a couple like kind of final questions. I know that you were a truck driver for a long time, and you mentioned mm-hmm. that you studied. Eng- I, yeah, I know I, you were a truck driver for a while, right? Yeah, I started okay. having military school, and then I joined the army. Okay, so for two years. Uh, okay, hang on a second. And you were also you studied engineering. Um, do you have a career right now? You have to no, answer. I, I, I have I have a small inheritance. Okay, and also I, I just want to ask my final question for you is uh, like, what's your relationship with Roxy these days? I know you still live together. Like what? Like yeah, how we is... live together. I mean, you know, pretty well. The grandkids of you know the grandkids are gone. I pray for them every night. I pray they don't turn into a bunch of wiggers. I turn that they don't go ahead and be ruined. But I mean. You know, folks, uh, you don't know. I mean, it's just like, you know, I go ahead and I see these people lying that their kid got killed, got killed by a bullet. But, hey, when a pig, when a pig goes ahead and takes your little children's crying from their home, that's four of them in one day. April 9, 2004 was the worst day in my life. It was worse than, you know, getting my teeth knocked out, you know, because of this pig. It was the worst day of my life. And so, the reason... Like, so like, the reason how- the reason I'm I'm alive today, instead of going ahead, picking gun and killing these cocksuckers, is that I made a vow to Yahweh that if Yahweh would allow me to live and Yahweh would allow me to proceed, I would do everything in my power to make sure to make sure that everyone everyone who serves the satanic regime, they and their family, be set screaming to hell. And I'm a man who will not be forced I will do everything in my power. To go ahead and make you know make this you know from a coast to coast nut house to a coast to coast charnel house, you know there there is there is no there is no there is no reasoning with me there is no dealing with me there is nothing there is nothing there is nothing that I won't do to go ahead and make sure that this great tribulation is just totally horrible. And that all the evildoers and all the misbegotten will die and be sent screaming to hell. And that when Jesus Christ returns, there will not be any cancer left. But it sounds like it sounds like a lot of these people are white people who you're going to need to who have wronged you, not so much like people of color or Jews even. No, that's true. That's that's why that's why if you go ahead and listen to my reentering school here, you know, you know, uh, program, pretty well. You know, usually the number two slot is me singing Wigger Problem. I go ahead and sing, yes, I believe we got a Wigger Problem. Wigger is always on my mind. The very last song is the Florian Geyer. You know, I don't know if you, you probably don't know who Florian Geyer was, do you? No. Okay, he was the, he was Germany's uh, Jesse James. He was a Franconian nobleman who took the part of the peasants during the Peasants' War, you know, in the early 1500s at the start of the Reformation. And uh, pretty well, later on, later on he, uh, he gave his name to uh, the 8th SF Cavalry Division, and pretty well he was, the, he was Germany's Jesse James here. So I go ahead and I play the Florian Geyer to say, you know, uh, the, you know, the original one was 
Spearman go forward low on the city roof, let the red cock crow. You know, Spearman go forward hole on the city roof, let the red cock crow, which means set fire to the city. You know, okay. the red cock was fire. I go ahead and I change it to white man go, revolt hole on the city roof, let the red cock crow. White men go, Civil War ho, on the courthouse walls, let the red blood flow. And, oh, my God. I mean, I've had, I've had, I've gone ahead and heard, I've gone ahead and heard, oh, my God, he's a bloodthirsty maniac here. But, yeah, I mean. And you are. Okay. But, 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 I have, no, I mean, I you, you even said that. I have my own friends. I have my own friends, real close friends of mine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. One, Listen, one, um, one, time, one time I go down to get the mail, and when I come back, I hear them talking about what a maniac and what, you know, what, you know, how insane I am. And then I go up to the store, and I come back half hour later, and they're still talking about what a maniac I am. Okay, and yeah. One of my friends has said the problem of it is, is that Martin sounds like a maniac, but what he says is that there doesn't seem to be any other choice other than what he says to do. There's no, there's no choice. There's no getting around it. You know, okay, I mean, so, you know, I mean, I right. love, I love, I love hearing Whiggers and Jews and the rest talk about disarming white people, and I love white people scared to death and buying more and more guns, and I just see civil war just getting closer and closer and closer, and I love what I see. Okay, well, okay. on that note, um, on that note, I mean, I think that's that's probably like a good time to like end the official interview. Um, okay. Uh, you need to. Um, I I was gonna like just kind of keep the show going on for a little bit longer. I don't know if you want to stay on and take calls or. No, I, I, I don't mind if people go ahead and answer. I haven't been. I'm okay, so. Uh, a, a I couple, mean, I, I, I did give you an honest interview, didn't I? You did, you did, yeah. And thank you for coming back on. I appreciate it. And I, I tried to honor, like, I. So to those of you in the chat and those of you listening, the reason I did not address most of your comments is that I did promise Martin, Pastor Lindstedt here, that I would give him time to have an honest interview with him. And also the reason I keep putting in my Twitter handle here and my email is that my chat keeps uh, fucking freezing up on me. And so anytime I have to enter in something to get it going. All right. Sorry, our uh, thing. So, um, twitter.com slash the hate project, and there's also hateprojectradio.com, which I'm also going to enter in. So, if you guys do have any feedback for this show, um, you have any ideas, you have any feedback, good or bad, um, if you have any hate mail, we love that because it's the hate project. Um, guest number seven, hate project to some commie Marxist fucker, I bet. No, I'm really not, but if you want to think that, go ahead. Um, this has been like a free form for you to scream nigger. Anonymous, like a coward, so fucking uh, get over it, dude. Okay, if anybody wants to call in, I'm going to let you call in, but I'm just going to give you a few minutes because I can't stay on all night here. Um, if you have any questions for Pastor Linstead over here or any comments for Pastor Linstead, call in. Um, let's see what we got here. Is it your birthday already? Uh, it'll be it'll be in about an hour and an hour and what six minutes or so. Okay. Your buddy, Kenna, your, your buddy, uh, your buddy, man has left the show, um, but whatever. Um, let's see, what we got here um, data mining. You want to say anything about that, Pastor Linstead? Data mining is what clears like uh, Obergender Bender and Alex Linder do. Uh, Alex, VNNF here. 
uh, is sent by Trader Glenn Miller. I was listening to Trader Glenn Miller, and essentially what he was, he's just a drunken Anglo mestizo who I think was probably a snitch when he was in well, the well, army. What is, what is data mining? I don't know what, that, I don't know what data mining what is. What data mining is is that you set up a forum. You go ahead and you set up a forum. And if you have the software, you're able to read the, you know, the IP number, the okay. IP number of whoever comes in, comes in, and that's what Alex Slender did against poor, against poor, well, not really poor, uh, bitch tits Bill White. He went ahead and testified against bitch tits Bill White, and then in order to cover his tracks, he went ahead and came up to where some other character, uh, San Francisco Crisco, is a homosexual. He probably is, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, data mining, it, like over tender vendor, what what it'll do is that you cannot get off. You know, there's a way of getting around, you know, the IP, and that's by using a Tor or a proxy browser. But open gender vendor won't allow that to happen. Open gender vendor is just simply a liar. He goes in and claims that somebody, you know, somebody who lives in North Carolina is somebody else, or somebody who lives in Idaho is somebody else. Essentially, the data mining, you know, the data mining is the way. You know, the truth of the matter is that the NSA. You know the National Security Administration. Uh, it it it's going ahead and building a huge, you know, quadril, you know, quadrillion byte thing here. And what they what they do is that they are literally just like you know, just like it happened in 2006. 42 million Americans essentially were spied on. Their email was listened. Their voices were listened. And essentially, that's what the NSA has done here under Obongo. Uh, Obongo claimed he would go ahead and, you know, edit that under George Bush. And what he did within six months of when he became president in 2009, he went ahead and signed to where AT&T and Verizon and, you know, AOL were now, were now legalized. And, you know, about 200 cases was in there when he right. hadn't left here. But okay. we don't, we don't, I mean, essentially data mining is a way but with the NSA, of course, spies on everything that is set. But on the other hand, to go ahead and do the data mining, you need just like Trader, you know, just like Alex Linder did. You need to have you. You can't go ahead and just simply put an NSA name on it. You know, well, we went ahead and we were spying on everybody because supposedly that's not quite legal. Right. But you okay. know what? You, what what you have is you have these honey traps like BNNF and Stormfront and Oba Gender Benders and about a number of other forums. And what they do is they do the data mining to put on to the name of someone, you know, something that they can go ahead and use to convict somebody. Okay, so So data mining, guest number 15 in the chat is saying data mining is providing one's website over and over, like the hate project is doing, to capture your ISP when you click on his link. I, I all right. I doubt, I doubt your I doubt your data mining. I mean, not, I think I, I think I think you're an honest nigger wigger who essentially is trying hey, to understand. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Like, that, that's nice. That's real nice. Or like, like Phil Donahue or, go, or, or Tom Snyder going ahead and talking to racist maniacs here. I don't think you're like Jerry Tom's Springer who's nice. just doing it for entertainment. I think you're actually trying to learn something. I am trying to learn something. That's why I'm doing what? this show. Okay. So yeah. guest number fifteen. Guest number fifteen. Look, I, I am not doing that. I don't know how to fucking data mine, to be perfectly honest. Who cares? Like, honestly, man, like, um, l- read the description of the fucking show, guys. I mean, this is like, guest number seven is writing, Why You Hate White Separatist Hate Project. Dude, 
read the goddamn description before you comment. Don't be stupid. All right. Um, does anybody want to call in? Um, if you want to call in, you can call in anonymously. You can call in as a guest. I'm giving you guys just a, a like a couple more minutes to do that because if you don't, I'm going to wrap up the show. Um, so, guys, um, I, want, I, don't I wanted to make a, I wanted to make a call out to Trash Can Man and tell him I set up the sub forum on my forum at whitenationalist.org slash forum. Uh, Is he another he buddy? Is he a buddy of yours? Well, he's a, yeah, he's a he's sort of a friend here. Uh, you know, whitenationalist.org slash forum. I went ahead and set up your uh, sub forum uh, today here, and you can post to it anytime you want. Uh, generally, 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 my show is about telling people not to associate with the movement because it's altogether infiltrated. It's filled with Jews and Mamsers. It's filled with, you know, it's filled with lying wiggers. It's filled with characters who got in trouble and who want to snitch out people. I mean, there's no, there's no point if you are. And, and I went ahead and said that uh, after Timothy Ray, you know, got found guilty. I said the internet has made the white nationalist movement roar, but your deep woods operatives are not going to be on the internet. They might go ahead and look at the internet, but they're not going to leave any trace at all right. of that. And you know, in any case, uh, you have a lot of militias, but they no longer call themselves militias. They no longer claim to be constitutional militias. Yeah. All they are is people who know what is going on, and essentially, they're they're just they're they're really called they used to be called survivalists. Now they're called preppers. You know what okay. I mean? Um, so, so a uh, quick, uh, quick uh, note in the chat here it says Kelly says hi and Benzi from guest number eighteen. Do you know who Kelly yeah. or Benzi are? No, these these are just these are just Nimbuster tards here. Uh, they were well, accusing me of being a data miner because they, you know, a Nimbuster is a da- is a data mining site. Because uh, they you know, they actually do like collect information, right? Well, what what happens is that old bitch tips Bill, uh, he heard that he was going to get some extra time, so he went ahead and started running. And he claimed to be in Tehran, you know, in Tehran, uh, you know, Iran here, but essentially he was he was going out west and he was sneaking across into Mexico and he got caught in Cancun at a Walmart in Cancun. And what he what he did is he got to where he was posting. He was posting and trying to use the Tor browser to post on Nimbusters. And about the next to last one, he says, I think, I think Nimbusters is a data mining site because Stan will not allow, will not allow me to use the Tor browser. Hey, and, hang, hang, hang on a second, dude. Is there somebody else on the line with you? No, no. This is speakerphone. Okay, I keep hearing somebody else on there. Okay, so... Um, Sorry, dude. People are still like giving me shit here. Um, guest number eighteen, well, right? My name is Hate Project. I am a white and I am a wipe inspector par excellence. Poo poking sticks at a very nice price. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> steal that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna steal that idea. To be perfectly honest, a wipe inspector. I wonder how much money I would make. I know that, dude. I don't care. Everyone, well, like, okay. So I, I'm, I'm just sorry, sorry, dude. All right. If nobody's calling, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of Linstead. I'm gonna just uh, wish you a good night. If nobody's gonna call in, might as well here. I mean, you know, I mean, 
I, I don't expect. I don't expect to be on CNN facing Perth Morgan here, essentially saying, well, hey, uh, us white people, we need to have lots and lots and lots of semi-automatic help. You need automatic with 100-round magazines so that when you nigger and wigger and beater, you know, zombie mansers keep, you know, come to my door to eat my superior area brain. I need it. I need a lot of firepower to blow your fucking head off. I mean, but like, have you have you had this have you had this happen to you in recent years or like recent what? times? Like, zombie, yeah. zombie figure yeah. apocalypse. Yeah. No, uh, essentially, you know, I mean, people people in the movement, people in the movement know about me. I'm banned for life at storefront for BNNN for fake seeds, but but I get on using sock puppets, and I pretty well know. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like, I mean, I, I had to like sort of address these comments. Guess number sure. eighteen. When you say I am in the guild, I'll bankrupt you. What does that fucking mean? What guild are you talking about? He's he's pretending to be a he's pretending to be a shyster. What what guild are you talking about? The movement. Lawyers guild. Lawyers guild. The writers guild. Lawyers Guild. Oh my God, this is lame. Why don't you call? Like, why don't you guys fucking call in for God's sake? All right, so, so I have somebody in here. Uh, if do you see that in the chat there about uh, Truth Militia? Yeah, they they want me to get out of Truth Militia. Uh, I have had I have had some I've had some famous Jerry Springer interviews with Eli James with Brian Real. The biggest one I had was when I had Jim Giles screaming how he wanted to break this lawyer uh, named Edgar Steele's neck. And, man, he wanted to go ahead and beat me up here. I mean, I, I have I have, I have, had a lot of people screaming at me over the years here. And okay, so... Um, I, okay. I, 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 am, I am a rather polarizing figure. And, uh, yeah, you are. Usually, usually when I go ahead and I... Usually when I go ahead and I go after somebody, usually I, I pretty well have enough to go ahead and face them off. And I'm not very, okay. I'm not very nice when I do it. So yeah. Okay. I'm a, so um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go here. Uh, since nobody else, I mean, if, you, if you're going to go ahead and answer Nimbus or Tard, you're going to be here all night. Yeah, I'm going to get off here soon. But like, I mean, at the same time, like, if if you're going to like sort of like, okay, first of all, guys, you can't threaten people, but like, at least like, fucking, what are you talking about? Let me know what the fuck you're talking about here, uh, Pastor Lindstedt. Thanks for calling in. Look, I mean, I'll, I'm going to just sort of give this to you. I'm, I feel like I should be honest with you, and that's my right. Sure. Um, I find your world worldview horrifying and wrong, and I think you're against the wrong people, but tonight um, you did expose a lot about yourself. You exposed a lot about your history, and I sort of am making connections as to like how you got to where you are, at least. It, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not going to fucking lie to you, dude. It, it's not easy. It's not easy for me to hear a lot of the stuff that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I at least sort of like you shared like a lot of painful things about you. Um, and I know like I know people may contest this, and I'm going to be open to that too. Just to be honest, like if if somebody's going to contest your accounts, I'm going to be open to that as well. But anyways, um, you called in, and I gave you your time exclusively, and um, thank you for calling in, and I, I hope you have a happy birthday. Well, it's, it's better. I mean, I'm living better now than I am. But every every night, I I pray for my, I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for the 
five Star Wars who stuck by me. I pray for the end of essentially the current regime in the current world because, you know, I mean, whether or not you agree with me, and I don't think you do, it's just like my friend. It's just like my friends. I have my own friends saying that they think I'm insane, but essentially what boils down to it is that they, you know, they don't see, they don't see anything other than my horrific vision coming true here. And as a result, as a result, you know, once you understand that there is no, you know, there is no hope for this current situation, is that everything is going to come about by Yahweh's design. And what you read in the book of Revelations, you may not altogether understand it, but that is going to come about. Uh, okay. So essentially from Revelations chapter 4 to Revelations 18 is seven years of the Great Tribulation. Right, Revelations right, right. 19 is when Jesus Christ comes, and there is blood up to the horse's bridle uh, upon his bloody coming. And essentially then you have the millennium, and then you have the great... You know, the Great Judgment. So I am very well based in what I do actually believe, far more so than essentially uh, these other characters. And whether or not people agree with it or whether they like it doesn't really matter. But I do, I do believe it, and essentially at least I have a, I have a vision that's far more than just running around sticking some nigger projects and putting a bunch of literature and running around telling me that accomplished something for the white race. You okay. know, I mean, right, I, I okay. can see what's happening. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, have a good night. Have a happy birthday tomorrow. All right. All right. Okay. Well, that was pastor Linstead, uh, with another, uh, lighthearted, um, lighthearted, uh, jaunt, everybody. Uh, again, uh, this is your guest host, Santa Klaus. Uh, as I've been doing this interview, I've been hopping from chimney to chimney, uh, cleaning out chimneys. Uh, I am not Santa Claus. I am Santa Claus. And um, so it's been a productive night, everyone. Merry Christmas. Um, okay, so guest number seven, feel free to call in someday. Um, whenever people say they're going to do something someday, they never do it. But whatever, man. It's like people, that buddy of yours, hey, I'm going to write that novel. Yeah, I got an idea. They'll never write that fucking shit. Um, you guys seem to love me. Sinter douche. I don't even fucking know what that means. I don't even fucking mean. All right. Um, guest number 18 uh, came up with a good junior high knock on me. It says, uh, the hate project calls in ugly and lonely every day he rides the bus. I call in ugly? What the fuck does that even... Get your insults right, champ. Calls in ugly? Is there like a fucking ugly... Hey, I'm uh, I'm uh, registering to be ugly today. Yeah. So anyways, guys, as far as like the data mining is concerned, I'm not doing it. Um, I fucking... If I knew how to data mine, I'd be like... I'd be data mining so many like fucking like people right now. Not even like in, in your dumbass movement, just like just just anywhere. Um, and guess number seven, you're saying that I talk down to racists. 
I'm not trying to do that. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I don't give a shit. I'm trying to have an honest discussion, and that comes two-way street, man. That's a two-way fucking street. Um, let's see what he says. Just tell me. Just answer the fucking questions. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at these. So I'm, I'm trying to have an, a, a goddamn uh, honest discussion here, and um, I'm going to offer my own opinions. And you talk down to racists. When did you become sensitive? You've been screaming like nigger, spick, you know, like this anti-Semitic shit. Like you're all of a sudden, re- you're all of a sudden like really sensitive about people taking a tone with you. Come on, dude. Come on. Hate project. You have a twenty-sided dreidel. I do not. That sounds so unappealing. Twenty-sided dreidel. Is that really a thing? Are we th- are we talking about the same thing? Like those fucking dumb toys that Jew kids, the spinning toy. There's a twenty-sided version of that. That actually, all right, that changed my mind. It sounds kind of awesome. Why do I hate white? Se- Who said I fucking hate white separatists? Why do you hate anybody else? Oh my god, this is a waste of my time. Seriously. So Linstead, I don't think these are nimbusters. I think these are like really just uh, race racist people. Um, like your sister's gigantic boulder holders. Oh my god! I bet you you're like twelve. You're like twelve, and your father hates you. Your father beats the shit out of you on a daily basis with a Bible. And I hope he fucking kills you, turd. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Come on back to the show. You know what, guys? You guys are awesome. Like 12? Like, totally. The thing about you racists is that you're not funny. So it's kind of sad. Is Linstead coming back next week? You know, I, I gave Linstead a lot of time tonight. So, um, uh... Look, man, I'll have you back on sometime, buddy. I'm just not going to have you on next week, probably, because I need to. I need my uh, boy Dragon back. Anyone know Dragon fourteen eighty eight here? Anyone know him? Tom Metzger. If somebody could get me Tom Metzger, all right. I'm a, I'm a guys. Uh, you guys are being cunts, but come back and listen to the show. Follow. Click on my link here and follow the show. And um, and listen to the show, man. It's it's a good time. It's a free speech. It's a safe place to do unsafe things. I'm putting my Twitter handle in case you want to follow me. And um, and uh, Kennewick, man, I'm not going to have you on tonight because like the show's already about to go two and a half hours. Um, um, no, but like if, if somebody could Tom Metz, okay, Tom Metzger, he had the show called Race and Reason. And Tom Metzger, uh, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Um, cool. And, you know, I can't wait to hear what you call me in your fucking review <laughs> on your email. <laughs> um, yeah, Ken, I know that, Kenwick, man. Uh, I, the, the pastor, like, named you. So, fucking... Anyways, um, guys, if you have suggestions for the show, I am putting my email back here. If you have any comments, if you have any feedback on the show, if you like the show, tell me what you like about it. If you hate the show, oh, ball, ball snatch, I, I really want to hear from you because it is, it is the hate project. <laughs> we thrive on that. <laughs> oh, it's not putting up my fucking chat. 
Hold on, guys. This fucking talk show sucks. Right? Talk show some bullshit. All right. Um, anyways, any of you, any of you dickheads um, talking shit right now, uh, feel free to call into the show. And, um, yeah, call into the show. Uh, call into the show next week, maybe. If you want to call in like in the next seven minutes, go ahead and do that. Um, but I'll only talk to you for about seven minutes. And uh, I don't know why I'm sounding like I'm hosting a Quiet Storm show. Why do I sound like Casey Kasem? I don't know. That dude's half Arab. Wow, why don't you guys blog about that or something? All right. So uh, DEs, I don't know who DE is. Um, listen, guys. Uh, happy Ramadan to to all of you. Uh, to all of you <laughs> celebrating. Um, oh, happy Kwanzaa, everybody. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, I, I saved the chat. I, I basically cut and paste these chats just for my own records. And it's not fucking data mining, you paranoid assholes. It's not data mining. It's so that I can have a record. Um of just the show because like it's an interesting project to me. Happy DEs. I don't know what chat grabber is. Okay, cool. Thanks for thanks for letting me know about that. I just threw my email back into the chat room again and it's not fucking it's not fucking coming up for some reason. I don't know why. Oh. Does anyone else have these problems with TalkShoe? You know who I hate? TalkShoe chat room, right? That shit sucks. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, like, I just cut and paste it, dude. Just cut and paste it into a Word document. It's no big deal. No big deal at all. Okay, so guess number 18 is, uh, hey, you can talk 2.5 times longer than you can maintain an erection. Um, I did prematurely ejaculate twice while I was just now saying that um, previous statement. So, oh my God, guess number 18, you've pointed out to my my sexual problems. <laughs> If you host if you hope if you host an honest love line sex talk show, I'm gonna call in. I really will. You get stuffed more than grape leaves, Sonny. Sonny. What are you, eighty five moron? All right, dude. Kenwick man, take it easy. Um let's see, Pastor, has my email come up on Angry Mail, Sarah Lawrence, alum or reject? Oh man, you are you are killing it, man. I wish I was an alum of Sarah Lawrence. Sarah Lawrence was one fine bitch. She was hot, dude. Oh god, I just prematurely ejaculated again. Oh god. Oh god. Um, let's see. Uh, the hate part. Do you post at F2 and on board? What is F2 and on board? I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard of that. The fuck is that? Love happens. All right, guys. Um, my information, when you click on the description of the hate project in the little, like, uh, pastor, you have my email. You, that's how we've been emailing. So you, you got my fucking email. Um, 
Um, the faggot site Nimbusters are saying, what is, an F2 po- what is an F2 poster? Just tell me what that means. What does F2 mean? Motherfucker. I don't fuck my mother. F2 PBS. Okay, I'm looking at this right now. Like, what's the point of this website? Like, what is it? Okay, it's a politically incorrect message board. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. You know what, guys? Uh, you. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful Kwanzaa. I hope you have a wonderful uh, Ramadan. I hope you have a wonderful uh, Uzbekistan Army Day, which is next month, I think. You guys love Uzbekistan, right? I don't even know. Who cares? All right, guys. I'm going to get off. Uh, check out the show. Uh, I'll just say what my email are. Because my fucking chat is just driving me up the wall. Um, basically, my, my, my email is hateprojectradio. All one word. HateProjectRadio at gmail.com. HateProjectRadio at gmail.com. And my Twitter handle is Twitter slash Twitter.com slash The Hate Project. All one word. All one word. All right? All right, kids. Uh, yeah. This has been a show. Uh, thank you again, Mr. Uh, Pastor Lindstedt. Uh, fuck the rest of you. All right. Good night, guys. Forgot to mention this at the beginning, but after the Martin Lindstedt interview was done, I spent a long time in this episode dealing with uh, the trolls in the chat room. Um, I left it in there basically because, um, and Lindstedt even refers to websites like 4chan, um, and he talks about Nimbusters, which I've referred to in previous episodes here, which is sort of similar to 4chan. It does, my interaction with the chat room, the chat room resembles a lot of social media right now and a lot of uh, mainstream online websites right now. The comment section of any given um, news website is pretty toxic these days even. Um, I question the ethics of even doing this interview. Um, Knowing that Martin Lindstedt was uh, an accused an alleged pedophile. Um, and then also that coupled with the fact that he was an open, admitted, white nationalist, white supremacist, hate monger, uh, calling for the destruction of society and the destruction through violent means, no less. Um, yeah, I, as I mentioned at the top of uh, this show, um, I call into question maybe the ethics of even doing this. Um, and maybe even re-releasing it. Um, But I do feel the need to put it out there because uh, it can serve as information for what is out there in America right now. Um, Of course, if you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts, please email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com. It will be in the the description below. And uh, I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye-bye.